Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Connecting to the big show. In three, two, one. She got into my arms. She loves flowers. And I was like, I'm so sorry. She has autism. She was like, she's fine. Well, on Oliver Plunkett Street in the middle of broad daylight, there's a group of young men just getting high. For somebody coming in off an ambulance trolley, I have found that we physically do not have enough trolleys. Join the conversation. Call 0818 969696. Extra WhatsApp 083 396 96 FM.ie. This is the opinion line with PJ Coogan. Parks 96 FM. Another opportunity for you this morning to win tickets for you and four of your friends to go to see the biggest 90s noughties disco. That's at the INEC in Killarney, Saturday week, May 27th. I have four more tickets uh, later on this morning. Another iconic song from the era and this morning from an artist who will actually be performing at the gig that's coming up in a while good morning 0818 96 96 96 is our number glorious morning I decided to expose the legs today for the first time this year whether they'll stay in the shorts I do not know but was worth a chance for the morning that is in it I didn't get attacked by the crow I come from a different side of the building to come in in the morning but this rogue crow of Wellington Road has attacked two people from this building in the last couple of days. Now we think we know why. We, we, we have a feeling that we know what's going on but there is a crow and this we got some video in this morning. There's a crow watching for people along Wellington Road down here towards 96 FM and randomly diving on people, attacking them, like getting their into their hair and around their head. Now, we think there might be a nest somewhere that they're watching or protecting, but if, if it's happened to you or, or... There's the thing. Crows are the most intelligent bird in the sky, or so we're told. But they're strange around humans. They form friendships with humans. They they come back to the same garden all the time for food. They will nest around the same trees as often as they can. And they form relationships with us. And if you hurt them, they remember. But there's certainly some character around Wellington Road is dive-bombing people in the early hours of the morning. The early mornings as people come into work and 
are headed for school. Maybe by the time the school opens and all those people are going up and down the road, they've gone and everything's okay. But two people in this building have been dive-bombed by this crow in the last couple of days. We'll see if we can't get an explanation during the morning. That and plenty more. As always, we say, if there's something you think we ought to be talking about and we're not, then that's why the number is there. 0818969696 or 0833969696. Now, one thing that thankfully, as a fella, I've never had to tolerate is catcalling. And it's something that as a fella... I don't even think about it. I don't even have to think about it. I'm not the kind of fella that's going to get catcalled anyway, uh, you know, if you get what I'm drifting at. But seriously, it's still going on. Um, there was a big story there about 10 years ago. You probably saw it. Certainly, if you saw the video again, you'd, you'd know it straight away. This was a woman in New York called Shoshana Roberts. And she did an experiment. She put a, a GoPro camera. She put it on her on her person and just walked around her doing her normal thing around the streets of New York for a full day. And she was catcalled over a hundred times in the course of a regular day. Just going about her business, crossing the street, buying donuts, buying coffee, whatever you do, going in and out to work and Men were leering at her and shouting at her and whispering things into her ear as they passed alongside her in broad daylight, not nighttime, night, in broad daylight. And just made her feel very uncomfortable. And when she'd done that, she, she put the video out on social media and it went, it went viral. There was outrage. There was talk about it, how we have to do things about this, how we have to make sure it doesn't happen, etc., etc., etc. And then, like all these other stories, it faded away into the ether um, you wonder has anything ever changed did anything ever change in the last few days Emily took to Reddit uh, Emily was out walking here in Cork and had a very unpleasant experience and not the first time but this was one that she felt prompted to go to social media about she put it up on on Reddit and she joins me now Emily good morning Good morning, PJ. Thank you for having me here. When did this happen and where? So it happened when I was walking down towards the city centre. I was walking by Summer Hill South and I was just walking and minding my own business. And this was just in broad daylight. Within 10 minutes, one older man was complimenting my body, asking, like, did I want to have a good weekend, you know? And that's not on, like. And then after I walked past him and I ignored him and I walked away. Hmm. And then I saw another man following me and... This man, he looked like he was out of it, like he, he he just didn't look right. And he kept complimenting me in obscene ways and made me real uncomfortable. Mm. And then as I started to ignore him, he began following me. And the only way I could actually feel comfortable was to call my friends and ask them to just stay on the phone with me as I didn't even feel safe in my own city. This isn't right. And this was in the middle of the day? This was in the middle of the day. It was broad daylight. And were they whistling or shouting or walking up to you? Did they come close? They came very close to me. Uh, they literally came up right to my face and started whispering things. They were very quiet that only I could hear. So it was it was very uncomfortable, I would say. And women in Cork shouldn't have to deal with this. No, no. And was it a place you walk regularly? Would you know these people? Would you have ever seen them before? I would never have seen them before. That's the thing. And this is this is a street I walk by very regularly to get into town, you know? I've never seen these people before. 
but I was just walking down and I thought I was safe, you know, I was in broad daylight, the streets were clear, just yeah. from cars passing by and then these two men approached me. Were they together or separately? I think they were separate. It both happened within 10 minutes. I know the area very well. I know the area very well, Emily. Sorry yeah. that happened to you. Is it something that would happen regularly? Do you, do you come across it a lot? It does happen quite a bit, especially when when it's broad daylight, which it really shouldn't happen in broad daylight or at all, really. But mm. you think when you're in the middle of the day that it's going completely fine, you know? But, no, it, it does happen quite a bit and it seems that no matter what I would wear, it would be... Some, it could be a summer dress or just a t-shirt and jeans but there would always be someone walking past making remarks or they'd be in a car honking and yelling at me Let's assume that they would never follow through on anything they'd say or they don't mean any harm let us assume that but still as the person on the receiving end would you explain to me how it feels It actually feels really degrading I will say it just makes someone feel really unsafe, I will say. Like, whenever I'm with my friends and one of us gets catcalled or yelled at from a car, we re- we do fear for our safety. Even if the person's already gone, we yeah. still feel like we could either be watched or something like that. And it really makes you question the city you're living in, you know, the place you grew up in. It makes you question the type of people that are around you and how Cork has gotten over the past few years. Yeah. No, the reason I asked the question the way I did, Emily, is if I were to confront any of them and say, I don't mean any harm, I'm just... That so-called explanation, that does nothing for you. It really doesn't, no, because, like, they could say anything and still carry ahead with it, you know, they'd want you off their guard. Yes. Do you genuinely feel threatened when it happens? I genuinely do, I will say, like, when it happens... I even sometimes fear for my life if it's in the middle of the night and I'm walking home after a night out. The lads that would come up to me or show things, they'd know that I might not be sober, I might have had a few drinks or something, and they might take advantage of that. Yeah. Do you think it's getting worse? I definitely feel like it's becoming more prevalent. Like, it still happened when I was younger, but as I've gotten older and I can experiment more with what I wear, it seems to happen more, and it's always seeming to happen in the city centre. I noticed on the Reddit thread that you put up that some people think it got worse since the end of the pandemic. Definitely. But I feel like that could also just do be to the fact that more people are going out as well. You know, when you're in the pandemic, you're stuck at home. But then after the pandemic, everyone just wants to get out. They want to have fun and all that kind of stuff. And I feel like that would al- almost be peak season because, you know, these lads will go out and they know there's more people going around. Yeah. So they take advantage of that. Have you ever considered or have you ever reported any of them? I've never reported it because I always feel like nothing's going to be done, which shouldn't be the case. I feel like something should be done about it. But Mm. if I just go to the Gardaí or anyone and I just say, so this man approached me on the street, they look like this and they catcalled me, I feel like nothing would actually happen, you know, and that shouldn't be the case. I feel like there should be some sort of disciplinary law or a fine put against people catcalling. I don't actually know what the law says about it, Emily, to be perfectly honest with you. Do you feel it's a form of assault? I do feel like it is because it can strip someone of their dignity. It's almost like bullying, but in almost a sexualized way. And it's, always, it's with people you don't know as well, so then you don't know what their motives are as well. I think what particularly upset you was the fact... I'm not saying that one would be used to it at night or one might expect it more at night but when it starts to happen in the middle of the day 
that I think is where the line is crossed in your mind. Yeah, I feel like it's because it's happening in the middle of the day, they're getting more confident. They don't care what's going to happen. They don't care who's going to see. Their main motive could be just to upset the people. It could be to fit in with their peers or even just come across as some kind of tough guy, you know? Yeah. To those who might do it, to those who might whistle or shout or pass a remark, what would you say? I don't know how men think it would make us feel, but they can't seriously think it will come across as a compliment. It can make me or other people I know feel a sense of dread or anxiety knowing that people you don't want are looking you up and down and making comments. And those comments often reduce us to feeling like an object. It poses a sense of danger as you don't know the intentions behind the person, especially if they begin to follow you. Emily, thank you for speaking to me about this. I I know there's more of it out there. You're, You're not the first young woman to have spoken to us about something like this. And thank you for doing so. Thank you for having me on the show, PJ. Cheers, cheers, Emily. Middle of the day, she's walking into town and two people within the space of a few minutes just highly inappropriate approaches. You should never have to expect it, but certainly uh, in the middle of the day is a disturbing development. When I was a bit younger, (laughs) I like this, you were caught rotten, weren't you? When I was a bit younger and immature, I have to say I would try catcalling. Then we saw this young, athletic-looking woman pass by us one day, and we let rip. <laughs> she opened up her overcoat, and straight away we realised our mistake. She was in a Garda uniform. She brought us down to the station and gave us a fine lecture, and then just explained how it can make women feel very uncomfortable and very unsafe. Lesson learnt. Oh, you were caught rotten there. You were. But there's too much of it out there. I can remember talking to people over the years. Emily's not the first. I think she's the first that I've talked to that it happened during the day in, in broad daylight. You 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 hear about it at night and you, you just know it's out there at night, but by day, and she said it happens across the city centre by day. She was walking down somewhere hill south there by the bus station on her way to town on a bright day, middle of the day, and two idiots leered at her. One leaned over and whispered at her if she wanted a good weekend. I mean, give over yourself, lads. Get over yourself. Behave yourself. I, I'm not too sure what the law, I said this before, I said this to Emily, I'm not too sure what the law actually says with regard to making an approach like that. Like, we know the law is changing, or has it, yeah, on stalking and, and stuff like that, but... but does that constitute an assault if you come up to someone in the street and, and make an inappropriate comment like that? And if she goes down to the guard the station, what powers do the guards have under the law? 0818-969696. I'd like to hear your experiences. Has that happened to you day or night? Or anywhere it has happened? Or have you ever made a complaint about it? And if you have made a complaint about it, how did that go for you? 0818-969696. Quartz 96FM is the official media partner of Cove Ramblers FC. This Friday night, Cove Ramblers take on Athlone Town at St. Coleman's Park. Kickoff is 7.45pm. The Street Fleet will be there supporting the team. So bring the family for a great night of football and fun. 
tickets, see coveramblers.ie. With Cork's 96FM. No, it seemed to swoop down at you deliberately. Birds are not aggressive creatures, miss. They bring beauty into the world. I mean, birds just don't go around attacking people without no reason, you know what I mean? I think we're in real trouble. Huh? I don't know how this started or why, but I know it's here and we'd be crazy to ignore it. To ignore what? The bird war? Yes, the bird war, the bird attack. Play. Call it what you like. They're massing out there someplace and they'll be back. You can count on it. I keep telling you, this isn't a few birds. These are gulls, crows, swifts. I have never known birds of different species to flock together. The very concept is unimaginable. Why, if that happened, we wouldn't have a chance. What do you think they were after? I think they were after the children. For what purpose? <laughs> to kill them. Ooh. <laughs> um, that's from a classic movie. If you ever want to sit down on a Friday night and scare the living daylights out of yourselves, Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds. But Vic, it wasn't so much that sound that triggered you this morning. It was it was this one. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely frightening. You were coming in yesterday morning. Yeah. And what happened to you? So I parked my car in the usual the usual spot and uh, I was walking along Wellington Road and um, I walked under a couple of trees and I could hear a couple of young birds on and saw a couple of young birds on the ground. Mm. Now, I had washed my hair yesterday morning, so it was wet, so I don't know if this had anything to do with it. Mm. But as I walked under the tree, a crow attacked my head. Dug its claws into my head. What? Made contact with you, like? Made, sat on my head, dug, dug its claws into my head and squawked really, really loudly. And I actually had to brush the crow off my head with my hand. And they're big. They are massive. And I couldn't actually believe that it had happened. And as soon as I came in here, I was telling everybody. And you were all kind of looking at me saying, hang on a second, you just got attacked by a crow. And then KC got some video footage of the same crow yeah. about two hours later, dive bombing people in the same spot but across the road. Yeah. One of the scariest things that has ever happened to me. Yeah, it's it's kind of what we call it. It's almost like it's spying it, yeah. from a perch. Yeah. And when anyone walks under that particular tree, down it comes. That's what it happened. doesn't make contact with everybody. Would it be in contact with you? It landed on my head, dug its claws in and squawked really, really loudly and I had to push it off with my hand. And I could not believe it. I actually ran into the road from the shock of it. And you'd seen the birds? I just heard them. Just as I I walked under a couple of trees, I just heard those really young sort of cheeps that you hear from small birds. And then I saw there was two or three that were actually kind of on the road, next to the curb on the road, looking up at me and they were kind of cheeping. And that it was then that the crow landed on my head. Wow. And again, from where it, Casey took the video, you, yeah. it's, it's very clear to see that this beast is watching. Oh, it's dive bombing people's heads. <laughs> but it actually got a hold of me because, you see, I was on the other side of the road. Yeah. Obviously, I don't know, we had a chat about it yesterday. Maybe there was a nest in the tree. I don't know what's going on, but... Well, well let's, let's talk to a man who probably will know. Yeah. Jim Wilson of Birdwatch Ireland. Jim, good to talk to you again. The, the, the dive bombing, you can see it in the, yeah. in the video. Watching, yeah, yeah. What's going on here? Well, it's very simple. It's paternal instinct. Uh, and maternal instinct of an adult bird, uh, the parent of those chicks. And 
it may be because they're first-time breeders. It's actually called a hooded crow, which is one of the bigger, not as big as a raven, but a little bit bigger than a rook. Mm. Uh, and basically, it, it sees everything that passes, that moves as a threat to its chicks. Now, right. the, the chicks may have left the nest slightly early. They may have been spooked. It's a, it's a gut reaction of chicks when they've when their feathers are nearly grown, that if there's danger in the nest, time to get out. And they mm. all, what we call it, they explode out of the nest in all directions, so at least some of them might survive. And then they're waiting to be fed by the parents. And if it was out in the countryside, you wouldn't know the difference because there wouldn't be contact with humans. But this one happens to be nesting in the middle of the city. Mm. And... Of course, when it lands, when the chicks land on the ground, they're not landing in a near a hedge or you know long grass or that. They're on a concrete surface, probably. And you're walking along, and you don't even notice the fact that you're getting between the parent and their children. And I'm sure any mother or father listening can relate to that. And it's the it's the same reaction. They've invested a lot of time and effort into raising them. And they're 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 fearful that you you may damage them or harm them oh, or kill them. So, so, what so that's Vic why did, they're reacting. What Vic did, Jim, was she broke the parents' line of sight <laughs> with the chick. That's mad. Got too got too got too close, and the instinct of 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 any animal, including humans, is to defend your young, and. No matter how they're, they're amazing, like I mean, Vicky. I'm not suggesting Vicky. You're 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 an enormous person or a very very <laughs> big person, but but to a crow, you're a giant, yeah. and you're a mammal, and you may be looking for breakfast, and you and your the 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 the, the, the crows children may be on the menu. So yeah. it's going to do everything in its power to chase you off, yeah, to chase you off, and and when they do that publicly and when they scream, they they are basically trying to frighten you away. Now, as I say, it. You know, I, I think we shouldn't paint all of crows and creation as beasts, as I think PJ slipped out of his mouth there. <laughs> well, uh, I, I imagine they, if it's sitting on your head, Jim, you well, know, well, yeah, it's yeah, a lot less attractive than when it's across the yeah. field. Of course, of course, but we we don't call all humans beasts because one or two of us this do, do things that this we don't true. like. No. Okay, let's let's get a balance here. And, no, and they are beautiful the birds when they're away yes, from exactly, you. But the, Exactly, but the individual. Let's deal with the individual rather than paint the whole species. And and mm. Alfred Hitch- Hitchcock it was a singularly did <laughs> more to damage the reputation yeah. of birds than anyone on the planet. <laughs> anyone on the planet, because what you just played is pure fiction. But people have kind of taken it on board, and and in some ways, it's kind of got into the psyche mm. that. You know, mm. these things are to be, uh, you know, uh, to be feared. And in fairness to Vicky, yeah, yeah, I've, I've been attacked by birds when I got too close to their nest. Sometimes we're doing it when we're doing research and we have a license from the government to do that. Mm. And they will, I've been whacked on the head, you know, uh, a number of times, but only because I knew I was putting myself in, in, in between. Oh. These parents and their 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 their, their chicks, that, a, and that's basically what's happening there. I had a guy on the show a couple of years ago. I think he was Canadian. He was an expert yeah. in the behaviour of crows, and I never forget the conversation because yes. he said, "Like they are among the most intelligent creatures mm-hmm. in the bird family." Yeah, yeah. There. Well, I mean, let's be let's also be careful here. You're bringing up a lot of my pet subjects. Um, you you got to be careful how you define intelligence. 
Um, if aliens were studying all the creatures on Earth, I don't think human beings would come out as particularly uh, bright. Probably not. Uh, in general, <laughs> based based on gross observations such as war, you know, inequality, blah 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 blah. You know yourself. Mm. So I- I- intelligence, there. I I, ca- I I deal with them as parallel intel- intelligences rather than us being as a species relatively arrogant by suggesting we're the most intelligent and everything else is is lesser we are finding out more and more by the day for example a lot of birds and other animals their brains are actually constructed differently to ours Mm. so you can't make a direct comparison it's like comparing apples and oranges Mm. and they've just and relative to body side size their brain is plenty big for them to survive and let's remember as a species we're only on the planet uh, a wet week compared to for example crocodiles who are around with the dinosaurs and are still doing fine. I, I would not be putting bets that we might be around in, in 120 million years' time the way we're going, the way we're treating <laughs> yeah. the planet, the way we're, the way, the way we're polluting our... Imagine polluting your whole atmosphere. No matter what bird it is, no matter what animal it is, they do not, they know the need to protect the environment that supplies them with their yes. survival. Yeah. We, we've broken that. We have yeah. broken that big time. And and getting back to your, to your the hooded crow... It is literally just doing what any other creature would have done: yeah. is protect their young. And and it looks like they're attacking Vicky or the or the other person. And there was a mention of the bird being a nut job in the video. It's not a nut job. <laughs> it's not a nut job. When it's explained, the bird it makes is, sense. The, it makes total sense. Mm-hmm. And, and and you can fully understand and even empathise with the bird because it doesn't know that you're just passing by going yeah. to work. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, but it is frightening. I, I'm oh. not denying that for anything that happens. And that it's meant to frighten. I think the, fact, the fact that it actually landed on your head. Uh, yes, well, that means you were so close. I must have my, been. Yeah, you see, my what happens is they usually don't want to make physical contact. Seriously, last resort for any animal is getting the, 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 the chance of being injured. Because if you're injured, you can't find your food. You can't have your friends go to the supermarket and bring you back and cook you dinner. <laughs> you've got to find your own food. And if you get a broken leg or a broken wing or, or stretched muscles or whatever, you could die. It's, it's life and death. So the last thing any of these creatures want to do is attack. And that's like, you know, if you get stung by a beer wasp, often it's because you're either very near their home mm. or you sat in them or, yeah. or you put your hat on and one and it's going gee I need to get out of here fast so I'm going to start stinging like mad to get this thing away from me mm. you know so it's 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 it, you've got to take all that in the round when you're looking at them and I think what's 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 needed there is if the individual continues to be an, an issue well then deal with the individual because of its position and by yeah. the way those chicks will be gone in a week or two and that bird will stop attacking. Have you any idea, Jim, where, I mean, they're there on a pavement. Yeah. Like, where where are they likely to be going? Are they being let out of a nest or is the nest gone or what's going on? No, I'd say they've jumped, they're they're out, they probably have feathers, uh, but just still being fed. Many birds uh, still feed their young up to two or three weeks after they leave the nest. We have a very kind of um, preschool, you know, junior infants idea of the nest being mm. a little cup of sticks and it's the home of the bird. It's not. It's just a receptacle for eggs. And when everybody gets too big for it, just like human beings in the houses, but unfortunately we still have some young ones still <laughs> not leaving <laughs> the nest. But, but they literally get out of it and they wait nearby uh, quietly 
until parents come back with food and the parents know where they are because when they come back the parents call the chicks respond they know where they are and they feed them and what's happening this time of year and I get loads of calls and so do lots of members of Birdwatch Ireland uh, we get loads of calls this time of year oh I found an abandoned uh, baby bird you know I'm going to bring it to the vet or they bring it to my door and, and they get a bit shocked and surprised when I tell them bring it back to where you found it leave yeah. it there I mean, generally, when we interfere with nature, nature comes out bad out of it and we come out bad of it because we get upset. And it sounds cruel and cold hearted. But from 50 years of dealing with this sort of thing, if we take one step back and not take sides and and let the birds do what they do. So in this case, if you find a bird like that, unless it's in the middle of a road or, you know, in danger of being squashed or is trapped from, you know, in in a gutter or something, Mm. Just leave it where it is if you can. And if not, move it gently to somewhere very nearby. Don't mm. take it to the vet. Because a lot of vets don't have the, no, the wherewithal to, to, to deal with a tiny little bird with, with bones that are so fragile that they yeah. could break in an instant. And you probably will give it a long lingering death. Oh, uh, and you might feel happy. Because you did your best, but mm-hmm. th- it, it, you, you inadvertently did, the, did, did, yeah. did more damage than good than leaving nature to itself. Yeah. Anne has crows <laughs> flying, I don't know whether it's in the window or into the window. Oh, oh, oh no, we get, we get this every year too, uh, PJ. Uh, what's happening there is, uh, let's remember, all creatures operate under the personality bell curve. <laughs> They're no different to human beings. They're, most of us are kind of sane in the middle, and, and then there's some of us do odd things that are not normal. Uh, and, and, and every creature is exactly the same, but because we look at them and they're all, all identical to us, I think our brain has given some sort of idea that they're all perfect. You know what I mean? They're all, that there's a reason why they're all doing stuff like, you know, they're migrating or, you know, it's, it's this, that and the other. But sometimes you just get odd individuals <laughs> who do things we can't explain. Mm. And some, sometimes they're attacking windows because they've seen their reflection <laughs> and they think it's a, a bird coming into their territory. And so they start keeping attacking it. Of course, they don't know what a mirror is. Uh, some of them don't anyway. And every time they pass it and they look in, who's that? But they have, they have learned that a lot of birds actually recognize self which was something we thought was only belonged to human beings up to relatively recently and what set us apart. But now they've learned all sorts of creatures, if they put like a red dot on the forehead of the magpie, uh, when it looks in the mirror, it starts trying to get rid of the red dot, which means... It it recognises itself, yeah. It mightn't seem like much to listeners, but that is a huge... Huge thing in, mm. in, in, in evolution Incredible. where you recognize self. And we were taught to be the only ones. Yeah. But getting back again to the chicks and that, can I just take the opportunity uh, to sympathize with, Victor, with Vicky? Oh. Uh, it's not a pleasant experience at all. It is awful. I will fully agree with that. But also just to, just to remind listeners coming into the breeding season when a lot of other chicks will be coming out of mm. nests and falling out of nests, mm. if at all possible, leave it alone. Maybe come back in 24 hours, have another look and see, see how it's doing. But taking it in is a massive responsibility with very, you know, usually very little chance of these little birds being hand-fed and surviving. There are cases where it works, but for one case that it works, there's hundreds mm. where it doesn't. All right. You know, it, it's tough. It's mm. tough, love. Uh, but listen, let's hope that crow, that hooded crow, will, will get its young ones out of there fast, which Hopefully. it probably will when it realises there's too many too many things coming by. They'll be wrecked from attacking people. Mm. Uh, and, and, and if they can be moved a little bit, fair enough. 
Yeah. And, and let's hope uh, let's hope you can start walking to work without being attacked by well, I did, supporters. Well, I did put an umbrella up this morning. <laughs> yeah, that's perfect. That's perfect. That's perfect. Uh, but yes, yeah, so that's it, really. One, that, one last one, Jim, do. while you're there. The, yes, the, sure, my, sure. My, my perennial friends are back. The Starlings. They, <laughs> they get into attics? Yeah. Every, no, thankfully they, they, they didn't nest in my attic this year. Good. But they're still Good. around. And, and yes. I mentioned it last week, the week before, and people said, oh God, yes. are they back again? How long yeah. more before the Starlings actually bugger off and leave the place alone? Right, okay. Well, if, 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 they've, if the young have hatched out, if you can hear young ones making noise, uh, they'll be gone in within three weeks. Uh, at the most, about three weeks. Uh, and if they're just starting to nest, well, the build the nest takes a few days, lay the eggs, and then it's another couple of weeks incubation. So you're talking maybe two months in total <laughs> from start to finish. But at this time of year, yeah, it's early enough for them to be, you know, they should be laying eggs. We Any of the nest boxes we have here at home, uh, the, the birds are either starting to feed mm. young or they've been sitting on eggs. So I would say within a month, they should be all They gone. should be gone. But, you know, that's a general, that's being a, a general guess yeah. at, at about a month. And yeah. lastly, coming back to Anne and the crow, can yes. she stop yes. it flying in the window or flying at the window? It's, I mean, it's really, I mean, I've, I've had people, we've tried everything, really everything, and uh, nothing seemed to work other than getting a license or talking to someone and trying to catch it and have it removed. Um, I, I really don't have a fail-safe Okay. Uh, you know, because this what happens is this time of year as well, the sun is at a certain angle in the sky. Mm. So it's casting reflections where it mightn't do it the rest of the year. And it's getting higher in the sky, all that sort of thing. And and maybe the rest of the year it doesn't cause a reflection because the sun isn't isn't creating it. So and a cloudy day then they may not. But they could also be uh, trying to catch spiders, but that, that will be going up into the corners, nice. you know, where the spiders hang out uh, uh, under the faces and soffits and under the eaves. Uh, but it's more likely to be... Maybe, a, they think, maybe they think there's another fellow racing for the spider yeah. and they have to get well, it. Well, that's it. That, no, seriously, there is that too, yeah. there's You have to protect your territory because that's where you get your food. You don't go to the supermarket. You, you defend an area to give you enough food for you and your family. Jim, that it's, sounds it's, logical to everybody. Absolutely. It is completely <laughs> yeah. fascinating. Jim Wilson of Boardwatch Ireland. Vic, keep that umbrella for another couple I of will. days. I think you might need it. <laughs> Thanks, lads. 0818-969696. It it's not a lunatic. It's it's not a crazy thing. It's a crow protecting its young like any mother would protect its young or any father would protect its young. And because Vic walked through, you walked through its line of sight. Yeah. And frightened the living life out of it, and that's yeah. what happened. Cheers. The Cork's 96FM Giving for Living Radiothon. Supporting Cork Cancer Services. May 25th to 27th. May 25th to 27th. You made me feel. You can host a coffee break, fill a change collector box, or support your favourite sport on Jersey Day. And we're always open to fun new ways to fundraise. So get planning now. Get planning now. The Giving for Living Radiothon. Supporting Cork Cancer Services. May 25th to 27. You make, you make me feel Only on Cork's 96FM. Anyone who was listening to the lads this morning, Casey and Ross, were talking about these crows <laughs> getting all sorts of strange sounds in from people. But that's what was happening. That's what is happening here on Wellington Road where there are some chicks are there on the pavement or around the, the, the general side of the road area. They've left the nest, but that's where they are. Mother is still feeding them or Dad is still feeding them, one of the two. And is they're watching from quite a distance away, from a perch. And 
Vic or anybody else walked into the line of sight between Mammy and Baby. And you know the rest. Joel, where did this happen to you? Out in Blarney Golf Course, was it? Exactly, PJ. They're there all the time. Like that lad was saying that they're very clever. They certainly are very clever. What they, it, it goes on every week outside. Um, just around the night hole, they know there's food in the bags. And what they actually do is they drop down onto the bags and they open the zips. Go away. The bag. They can physically open the zip. And like everybody has a bar or a sandwich or something in their bag. And they actually take the sandwich or the bar from the bag. You're joking me. Absolutely. If this if the zip is too stiff to open, they actually grab it with their beak and drop to the ground, which opens the zip down, and then they'll jump back up in the bag and take the food or the, the pocket of the golf bag. A crow? Yeah. That's yeah. the most incredible thing. Yeah, and for a long time, they were actually taking the golf balls off the, the middle of the fairways. <clears throat> when well, we could hit the middle of the fairway. You know. and, flying, and flying off with them. So they have no fear at all of the golfer or anybody there, no? None whatsoever. Like, the most you would be away would be 10, maybe 14 feet from yeah. your bag. And they'll just, the minute you turn your back and you walk up onto the tee box, they're down on top of the bag and they're in the pockets trying to take whatever's inside there. <laughs> sandwiches or treats? <laughs> bars, bars or sandwiches or whatever you have in the bag, it's gone. <laughs> you know it's just incredible like there was one lad one morning told me he had stopped and they're not cheap these energy bars yeah. he stopped in the garage on the way all right you know he paid five quid nearly for the two bars yeah and he was only about six holes into, into his morning and your man came down and took the two bars out of the bag and was gone with him <laughs> <laughs> no. one must ask how's he going to get the wrapper off <laughs> oh, they, they, they just peaked they just tear it asunder. They just tear it asunder. That's the weirdest thing. Or they'll eat a banana. They'll take a banana from the bag and they'll actually peel the banana. No, stop it now. As true as God is my judge. They will actually peel back the skin off the banana. They'll peck at it until they can get through it. And then they'll peel the skin and they'll eat the actual banana. <laughs> they'll eat it. Oh, I'm sorry, Joe. That's the maddest thing. So they'll okay. They'll rob your energy bar. They'll rob your sandwich. They'll rob your banana, and they'll peel your banana. Okay, yeah, and gone. <laughs> you know, you see him. You see him. Maybe fifty, sixty yards away, and they're picking at the paper to open the paper so that they can get out the contents of whatever's inside us. I've never heard the like of that. Oh, frightening to watch him. It's just incredible to see it happening. You know. Anyone ever take pictures or video or anything? I don't know anybody ever get a video of the crows, but there's a little fox get, not getting off of something. There's a fox outside there though, at the moment, um, and I'd say she's only after having cubs. Right. But she'll actually, she'll actually come up onto the sea box. The lads, a couple of the lads have given her a sandwich or whatever, yeah. and she'll actually come up onto the tea box. She passed us last. Saturday morning on the 18 tee box with a mouse and a mouse and she was obviously heading back to wherever the Cubs were. Isn't it and amazing though, Joe, to see Incredible. That. Incredible. She actually walked right up onto the tee box around the back of us. Like I'm talking about four feet, three feet from us. 
Right. Walked around the back of us as she was heading back to wherever her den was to feed, obviously, the cubs. And she's so used to the people being around and all yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. There is quite a few people, particularly there, if you want, like suburban areas, they'd have a fox would come to the garden yes. and they'd feed the fox. My own wife, actually, when she walked in London years ago, there was a fox in her garden. Wow. You know, and that was in London. That's amazing. You know? Yeah, yeah. That's amazing. You know, so these guys, I'd say they'll be around, they'll be around a lot longer after we're gone, PJ. Well, isn't that what, what Jim was saying? You know, we, we're on a par, or we're on a course to extinguish ourselves or yeah. make ourselves extinct, but the birds will come through. Like the birds, remember this, the birds are the last relatives of the dinosaurs. Did you know they that? Will. Yeah. They, they reckon that if, if there was a wipeout on the planet tomorrow morning, cockroaches, rats, yes. and birds. Cockroaches, would, rats, and birds. You're exactly cockroaches in particular. Thank, thankfully, we don't get. Well, we do, but not many of them here. Not as many. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely, definitely. Even though they're harmless, they're nasty old devils. That's a, that joy you've given us a laugh this morning. So there are cro- thanks, Joe. Crows at Blarney Golf Club who steal sandwiches, protein bars and bananas. And not only that, but they actually peel the banana. That I've, uh, You know what? I, I would accuse him of making it up, but I know he's not. <laughs> and then this fox that they saw the other morning heading back to her den with a mouse in her gob, presumably to feed her babies. It's lovely, isn't it? That's, that's really nice. That's a nice story. Uh, do you, have you can you beat that story of crows st- a crow that stole two protein bars out of a golf bag or a banana out of a golf bag and peeled a banana there's got to be some great stories out there it's open to you 083 396 0818 96, 96, 96, bunch of stuff there. A guy I work with, Des, was walking up Gerald Griffin Street one night, heading out. He got swooped on by crows, thought he was getting eaten, jumped, and he crouched down. <laughs> Have a good day, thanks, says Diane. Oh, eight one eight. right, okay, mind that, here we go. The 90s noughties disco is at the INEC in Killarney, Saturday, May 27th, Saturday week. And of course, 96 of them proudly presenting this event, a night of 90s and noughties with the artists that dominated the charts. Uh, quite a number of artists there. It's about a six or seven hour show. It's a great night. Tickets at biggestdisco.com. But we've got uh, tickets for you and three of your mates right now. What I want you to do is tell me what the song is that I'm playing in reverse. The Hint because you might need one for this. The hint is this is very likely to be performed on the night. That's not the easiest. If I, if I was to play it right, we'd go, ah, go away. But yeah, anyone tell me what this is? What massive dance floor banger is that in reverse? The artist, the song, and your name, please. 083 396 96 96. And your annual stories. Birds, snakes, kangaroos, crocodiles, monkeys, 
Dogs, cats, anything. 083 396 96 96. What have we started? A rescue doggy escaped his new owner. Okay, so he was given up by a family. They found him a new home. Yeah. They couldn't keep him for whatever reason. Because he got to his new home and he was like, I'm having none of this. Really? He trekked 65 kilometers and went back to his old family. What? And arrived at the door. But they didn't want So he knocked on the door, scratched on the door, they opened the door. And they were like, no, we... No, you, we got rid of He's like, I'm back, guys. I'm back. And they're like, we, 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 didn't, we don't want you. He's probably wagging his little tail. Reminds me of my childhood. <laughs> <laughs> they kept dropping you no off. No matter how far they went, I walked back from Donegal once. <laughs> Casey and Ross in the morning. Test drive the award-winning Skoda Enyaq electric SUV at Null DC Cars. Skoda sales dealer of the year. Courts 96 FM. The minds are live. Join the conversation. Call 0818 96 96 96. Extra WhatsApp 083 396 96. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. This is the Opinion Mind with PJ Coogan. Courts 96 FM. Shiona says we need to have a bit more respect for the crows. If you know there's a crow minding its young on one side of the street, then cross to the other side. I think she's suggesting there to Vic that Vic, for the next while at least, walks up to work on the other side of the road. This morning, Vic took an umbrella and I don't think there was any particular problem. But thank you, Shona. She says, it's always about us and never about nature. We're stressing the crows out. We're the ones who need to act, not the crows, which is is, a take, to say the least. We were in, where were we? Little Island, says Lily. My mum and I were having a picnic in Little Island. A big old jackdaw, though, got most of it. We took out some Maltesers for our dessert, and he kept coming back for more. Then we realised he was digging holes with his beak and burying the Maltesers he was robbing. There's the thing, a jackdaw. I should have asked Jim Wilson this. Is a a jackdaw kind of a crow, or is it something different entirely? Is it just a name we've given them? I know, I should probably know. 0818 96 96 96. Uh, let me get a few more of those. Yeah, have you ever had stuff robbed off you? John was saying he had his ice cream was robbed by a seagull in Norway. And I was suggesting you don't have to go to Norway for seagulls to rob things. I seem to remember a couple of summers ago taking calls here from people whose fish and chips was being robbed down by the seaside in West Cork they were getting fish and chips from a food truck I think this was during the pandemic they got fish and chips from a food truck and they sat down to have a nosh on a bench and before you know it these things are swooping down and rubbing their chips and having to pop off the fish have you ever been attacked like that? give us a call to 0818 96 96 96 Vicky says the crow was just protecting it's young. My mom was walking around the lock around 20 years ago with her granddaughter. A magpie swooped down from the sky and robbed an earring out of her ear. She had to get a tetanus shot. So you're saying, Lisa, she actually, this magpie robbed the earring. Oh, oh. Can you imagine? The 
pain of that. There's magpies around. They're around again. They're the size of bowling balls. Some of the ones that are out there at the moment. Uh, <laughs> what 96 of them need to do for Victoria is buy her a hawk. I think she's fine as she is. She'd be grand. She might cross to the other side of the street. 0818 96 96 96. That voice note from Philip. Give me a second here. We'll drag this in. Your voice note's always welcome, of course, uh, at uh, 083 396 96 96. What does Philip have to say about crows? Hi, how's it going? Like, I don't know if this thing is lovely, but... Um my girlfriend was coming out of home yesterday and a crow was flying overhead and in his mouth was a nappy bag with a nappy in it and he dropped it right next to her, nearly hit her on top of the head. Oh, good man, Phil. I, they'd take anything if they think it's food, do you know? 0818 96 96 96. Your stories are welcome. And clearly, there's no story too mad. I mean, we have... A story from before 10 there that Joe told us about the golf course in Blarney where they're robbing sandwiches and protein bars and bananas out of golf bags and they'll peel the banana like and also but the little fox coming through and there's lots of people feeding foxes in, in rural areas. Have you ever been sort of had an encounter like that maybe not you wouldn't maybe call it an attack but have you had an encounter with an animal um, were you away backpacking did you ever come into contact with a snake now all the crows in the world won't bother me all the foxes in the world won't cost me a second thought but the very thought that I'd be in the same parish as a flipping snake no thank you no thank you or maybe sharks or kangaroo kangaroos I ate kangaroo I ate kangaroo for my dinner in Cork so I did it's nice to give us a call 083 396 saw a crow in Super Value Car Park says Rosaline and there was a trolley load of deliveries it attacked a box of tato kept picking at the box until he got it open and then stole a bag of crisps and flew off. Happy days, says Rosaline. <laughs> 0818 96 96 96. All right, Andrew, have you, you, you've, are you on medication after getting that bill? Good morning. <laughs> Good morning, PJ. How are you doing? Good. What happened to you? You got a bill for how much? I got a bill of 41,023 euros for uh, broadband. From who? Uh, from Vodafone. 41,023. Were you, were you yeah. making movies and uploading them to the world? <laughs> you'd, you'd think so. Yeah, you'd think so. Um, yeah, we took out, uh, well, I took out a broadband deal. Uh, with Vodafone in 2021, right, and we had endless issues with them, um, with uh, the router and the speed, and oh, it, it just it it carried on and on. And each time we phoned, um, they battled to find my account. Okay, um, but look, anyways, fast forward then to March this year, I just received an email, um, saying that I owed them forty one thousand euros. Um, but the strange part of it 
the end of the email, it, it ended off with, we hope you enjoyed this email. Mm. So it, it didn't sound like the way Vodafone would end off an email. So I thought, well, maybe it was just a scam or something like that. So the next day I, I phoned Vodafone, um, got through and normal story. When you phone Vodafone, you get the little voice prompts and then you have to wait for the call center. And I got through to the call center in India. Yeah. I spoke to the guy there and he went on, took my details, had a look and he said, no, your bill, everything's fine. There's no bill for that amount. Mm-hmm. So don't worry about it. Um, it's, it's, it's obviously just a scam. Right. Okay, fine. No hassle. Left it at that. And then about, let's call it a week later, I got another email, but the amount had gone up by 40 euros. So that got me thinking about, okay, well, that sounds like it could be interest. So, you know, maybe it, maybe this bill's legit, but what so it gone from 41,023, 41,063. Yeah, that's it. Right. So anyways, I phoned again and once again, same thing, get through the call center in India and checked on my bill. And he said, no, there's nothing there. And I said to him, but it's saying on here, it's broadband. He said, oh, no, put you, we'll put you through to another department. Had to wait for that. They put me through to um, a call center here in, in Ireland. Mm. And I rattled off the numbers on the email. They had a look on there. And she said, oh, no, this is actually, a, it's a business account. Okay. And she said, but she can't do anything about that. Um, she'll have to send me through to another department. Okay. And I got through, I then got transferred through to Egypt. And yeah, I chatted to a lady there and she also put the numbers in and I knew straight away when she had gone onto the account because I heard her gasp on the other end and she was like, this is for 40,000 euros. Mm-hmm. And I said, yes, okay, right. So, so she found an act. So the first guy you rang couldn't find any record couldn't, of this massive bill. Couldn't find it, nope. But then this other they, call center did. Yep, they found it. And it was on my name. Um, and I said to her, right, well, what's what's going on here? How can I get a bill of that amount? Um, I've never received a bill from uh, Vodafone before. I just, out of the blue, got the one for 41000 So what's going on? Mm. Um, yeah, so... She did a little bit of digging on there and she said, no, well, it turns out I had never paid for um, my broadband when I took out the deal. I said, but all of my accounts, everything I have, um, I have debit orders. That's right. You you do direct because I know my my broadband at home is Vodafone and it's direct debit. That's it. So I said to her, well, then there must have been a mistake when they took my details down or something like that. I said, but okay, still, how do I get a bill of 41,000 euros? Um, I mean, surely they should have, without me paying, they should have stopped my account or mm. frozen my account. Mm. So she had a look into it. She said, yes, the, the account should have been frozen, but it never was. She said, but she can't find anywhere um, showing as to how my bill got to 41,000. Yeah. So anyways, gave them all the details, gave them the whole spiel, and she said, okay, she'll have to get back to me. They have to investigate it. So that took probably about two, I think two or three weeks 
and they got back to me and they said, no, look, they've actually checked it out and I don't owe the 41,000. Um, I actually owed them, um, was 600 and something euros, okay. uh, excluding VAT. Right. So I said to her, well, that's fine. I signed up for the broadband. Um, if it wasn't paid, if it wasn't taken off by debit, right, I signed up for it. I used it. Mm. Uh, I don't have a problem paying the monthly installments, uh, what was due. Yeah. But there's no way I'm paying the 41000 Six, said, no, so no. 650 would sound about like, given their packages, 650 would sound like you hadn't paid for maybe a year or a year and a half, depending on what package you're on. Yes. Yeah, that's it. And, and that's exactly it. So I said to her, that's, that's no problem. I don't mind paying my, my monthly installments that I should have paid because um, it should have been taken off my, my account by debit order. Mm. which they hadn't done. And did you check your accounts, Andrew, to see if the debits had gone out? Yes. Yeah, I had checked and nothing nothing had gone through. Okay. Okay. So, uh, yeah, so anyway, I said to her, no, that's no hassle. She uh, sent me an email net with all the details and um, I paid it. Uh, I paid in a lump sum. Mm. I contacted them the next day. Uh, sorry, that was a Friday. So I contacted them on the Monday Uh and yeah, long spiel again to get, because I had to get hold of the um, Egypt mm. department. You had and, to find oh, out where this 40,000 came from and was yeah. it being was it being wiped out because it needs to have been. This bit. So I got hold of them again, eventually got hold of this, the same lady and she said, no, she does have um, the, the payment. It has come through. So I asked her to please send me um, proof of payment, uh, send me a, an email. Mm-hmm which I haven't actually received. Um, and she said to me, look, I mustn't worry about it. Um, the account has been closed um, and I don't owe anything else. That's 600 and whatever it was. That's it. It's, mm. it's all sorted. Mm-hmm. So, um, You still don't Monday, know what the 40,000 was for. Well, Monday, I get a, a letter in the post from Vodafone. Mm-hmm. Demanding forty-one thousand one hundred and something. So I'm getting a bit worried now because it was an email that I got, and they've sent it a few times now, and now they've gone to sending me a letter in the post. So I'm worried that they're going to end up handing me over, or blacklisting me, or something like that. I would suggest, Andrew, that what you do. I is have you, no idea about. Yeah, I would suggest that you contact the communications regulator and show them that bill. That would be my next protocol. I, th- I think that you're actually the second person to tell me that. So I think that will be my next move. Because you can fill out a full report for them. You can you can detail what you've been, just like you have done with me. You can detail what's been happening and any communication that you do have from Vodafone, you can add it all in because it sounds like there's an awful mistake has been made. But You've paid what you yeah, and the, were told you owe, but this is still hanging over you. Now they're writing to you demanding it. Yeah, this is it. That's a bit worrying. Yes, it's uh, some undue stress, stress that I don't need. <laughs> yeah, because the, I, I, needless to say, if they go after it through your bank account, I'm, I'm assuming it's not there. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I wish I had that amount of money lying around. That'd be <laughs> don't fantastic. We don't we all, fella? <laughs> yeah, so I, I would suggest your next... Protocol is to and look. There probably is an explanation. You just need to find out 
what it is. And the fact that you're passed around from India to Ireland to Egypt, somewhere in between, there's an explanation. Yeah, it's just trying trying to find it. And it's uh, it's just a mission with, it, it's so difficult. Uh, and, you know, the the letter that came, I thought, oh, awesome, because on the letter, there was a an actual phone number. Right. So I phoned that number and straight away you get through to a voice prompt thing and it asks you, right, is it for broadband or is it for uh, mobile uh, or or landline? So I selected for um, the broadband and straight away it transferred me through to India again. So that didn't help. It just, no. you, yeah, you, you feel like you're going right around in circles. You feel, like, yeah, yeah. you feel like you're going around in circles. Andrew, stay in touch with us on, on, on this one. Did they yeah, send I you? Will a, do. Did they send you a repeat or a receipt rather for the 650? No, I'm still waiting for that because they were supposed to email it through. Right. So and I did contact them yesterday. Uh, I got through to Egypt. Um, but the lady that I'm dealing with wasn't there. Um, so they said she, well, she was supposed to come in yesterday afternoon. So they said she would phone me yesterday afternoon, which I never did. Someone, so someone on the phone here again. is suggesting, Andrew, that you take it to one of the major Vodafone shops. Uh, this caller had a similar problem a year or two ago, and it was finally sorted out uh, by the staff at the shop. They can cut through bureaucracy for you no. oh that sounds like maybe I'll do that uh, yeah maybe after work today I'll so yes one, one of the one of the bigger ones maybe not one of the little small ones one of the bigger shops yeah where they deal with maybe the in one of the centres like, yeah and bring and bring everything that you've got better. bring all the print out everything that you have and and all that and maybe they maybe they can help you with it because that's a that's an awful bill to have hanging over you even if you know that you didn't rack up 40,000 euro. Andrew, thank you. And stay in touch with us. We'll, we'll, we'll keep in contact on this one, see how it works out for you. Good man, thanks. 0818 96 96 96. That's probably a first port of call going to one of the big Vodafone shops. Back to Crows. Uh, Valerie, thanks for holding. Uh, morning. Good morning, PJ. <laughs> I, I have to apologise to you. I'm missing your show in the mornings because I had to go to physio for my back. So I came out of the pool and I just put on my radio and I heard about the crows. Yeah. And I was just laughing because my sister rang me last night to tell me about this crow. And they're very upset over it, actually, you know. Uh, it's her daughter, my niece. Yeah. There's a crow, an injured crow out their back. So it's wing. they think it's wing might have been broke. Well, it's there a while now, and their feet throwing food out to the crow, but then the kids are trying to barricade the rest of, of the tribe that will follow on to get the food, you know? They're trying to protect it. And then she said, it's so sad at nighttime, then there's another crow comes to stay with the injured crow. Really? It's like, yeah, it's like a partner, she said, or a protector or something, you know? And she said, it's so sad. And she said, she said to me, what am I going to do, Valerie? I said, oh, my God, you have to get on to somebody. But she said, they laugh at us, and there's nobody to come out for a crow. I said, they will. I said, look at if the crow suffer like that. Yeah. Board, you know? Watch, Board Watch Ireland have a website, and they have phone numbers that you can call. Because that's, that, that's, that's just... So you're saying that this injured crow yeah. is in the garden, yeah. and, and at night another crow comes... 
And now the crow comes down. Yeah, and stays like, with it. That's a partner. Yeah, yeah. Wow, because they do mate. Yeah. I don't know whether they mate for life, but they certainly do mate. Yeah, so strange yeah. Unless it's protecting it now, I don't uh, yeah, know. Yeah, and how know. long? How long is the injured one there? I think she said for about two or three weeks. And I said, "Mary, I said you should to someone about that, like." I would say, Birdwatch Ireland. They have a they have a website. They have Twitter. They have social media. That'd be interesting to know what what you do there. Yeah, I. You see, I, I, it's just it was so funny when it, you know when I just got into the car, put on the radio straight away to listen to, and. I just heard you talk about crows, so I just had to stop the car again and ring. <laughs> no, that's that's, <laughs> inter- that's fascinating. That, and that's kind of, yeah. that is really sad, isn't it? That's what she said. It's very sad to look at it. And the kids are getting upset now as well. So they were wondering what, they just thought nobody would come out for a crow, you know? You'd be sur- well, but, Jim Wilson, Jim Wilson was on here with me for nearly 20 minutes from Borderwatch Ireland, and we will podcast it later on if you missed it, if you were inside in their physio lesson. Uh, they missed yeah. our session. You'll be able to hear Jim. Um, but, but yeah. Well, that's an issue. Valerie, thanks for that. That's So she's got this, her niece, her nephew, whatever, has this injured crow in the back garden with the last fortnight or so. They're throwing some food out to the crow and the crow is kind of dragging itself around on one broken wing but at night its partner or what they think is its partner comes to mind it isn't that sad 0818969696 Roisin PJ I feed the crows out the back they wait for me if I give them bread that's too stale and hard they'll fly over to the water fountain wet the bread and then eat it they're clever out also, when I lived in Cyprus, I used to leave out water for a black... Stop. I used to leave out water for a black snake. Ah, no, 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 Russian. The, oh, stop the very thought of it. Beautiful creatures. Oh, yeah, beautiful creatures. Beautiful creatures, Russian, but not in the garden, thank you. Not in the garden. Oh, 818-96-96-96. Join the conversation. Text or WhatsApp 083-396-9696. This is the Opinion Live with PJ Coogan. Now, very conscious as we move on to this next topic that uh, a family is grieving and our thoughts are very much with them um, because what happened on Monday is still very, very fresh in their minds. Um, this is a, a woman who was in her 70s, uh, died on Char- on Monday afternoon in Charleville following a collision involving a lorry. And Gardy is still appealing for witnesses to that incident to come forward to them. It was the second crash in the area inside the past month. And back in April, a man called Pat Galvin died following a collision with a lorry on the main street. Uh, it's And the accident on Monday came just after the council's director of roads said that he would ask Transport Infrastructure Ireland about ways of diverting trucks and big vehicles out of the centre of Charleville. It has been a long, a long-lasting problem. The Charleville, Charleville is on the main road to Limerick and... Trucks and buses, it's, it's, it's a, a nightmare of a town to drive through at the best of times. Uh, but we've had a total of eight people died in Charleville in the last 10 years in incidents involving 
trucks. Local Phil Foyle councillor Ian Doyle. As I said, Ian, we are conscious of the fact there's a grieving family here, so we'll be as sensitive as we can. But eight in ten yep. years, it's very obvious yep. Charleville needs yep. a proper bypass. Yeah, good morning, PJ. And I'd like to hear your sentiments. I mean, the, the town is heartbroken here. Uh, it's very raw. It only happened on Monday, and our hearts go out to the Lions family. And as you mentioned, the Gadsden family as well, not only a fortnight or three weeks ago. So our hearts are with them. And, and you know, definitely, it is tragic, uh, PJ. There is no question about it. You've said it there already a couple of things. One is that Charleville is a huge retail town. It's on the N20. Um, there's uh, the last records. There's fifteen thousand vehicles going through the town on a daily basis. Yeah. Uh, as- Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You say, it was ironically only on Monday that I had a motion in from a car county council as, as a result of the last accident that we would urgently look at traffic calming measures and pedestrian safety measures for our main street. We have five pedestrian, existing pedestrian crossings on the N20 coming north to south or south to east, south to north, but they need to be upgraded. They are on a level with the, the road. So what we need to do urgently is putting tabletop ramps on those pedestrian crossings. We need to upgrade the signage and we also need to upgrade the, the, the lights. Some of those are just flashing lights. Others are push-button lights, but we, they need all to be put as push-button. The truth of it, though, is, but, Ian, no matter what you do, if you put in 100 pedestrian crossings, yeah. if you put speed bumps the size of snooker tables yeah. into the mid, the simple fact of the matter is, a town like Charleville should not be handling that, have to handle that kind of traffic in 2023. No, no question about it, PJ. And, you know, what, what is after happening is that in our, we put in submission in our county development plan, our current county development plan, and in our previous county development plan and the previous one before that, there is the provision in for a relief float. 
But of course, what has happened is that in 2000, the M20 was very much in vogue, yes. uh, which is, as you know, the bypass going from Charles East. And that, due to finances, died a death after spending 20 million to, to bring yeah, it to the where Yeah, the motorway project yeah. would have solved yeah. this. It, it, it would, it would. What? Now the motorway project... Is that now on the motorway hold project, now? Well, but it's very much involved at the moment. But it, look, PJ, what it is—it's an—it's in planning stage. The there is a preferred route picked, which is to the western side of Charleville. But you know, there it realistically, it's going to be two years, a year and a half, two years before that even goes to planning and goes to Port Clonala. You're then looking at, depending on objections and and other things, you're looking at another three or four year period. And if everything went smoothly. The construction phase of that would be eight to ten years. So yeah. th- you're talking twenty years before a bypass would ever come mm. to fruition. We the, have the, there is a kind the, of a, is there not Ian? Those of us who would have had to learn to avoid the main street um, yeah. on our way to Munster matches, working and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah there is yeah, a kind yeah. of a makeshift bypass, isn't there? There where you turn down the, by the NCT and out the back of Duns. But that's there very is, awkward for is, a truck. You couldn't put a truck down there. It's it, it's very awkward for a truck, PJ, and it has been muted definitely. But I have, you know, I'm from the, uh, here every day of the week. I'm, I've kind of, you know, the concerns about that is that we have two schools here with 500 pupils on a daily yeah. basis going to that school. And it is also the home of the campus of the St. Joseph's Foundation, who covers 1,200 special needs people on, you know, on a regular basis. Yes. And they walk, they, they come up and down to town and walk and mix with the community. So that is not really an alternative. No, yeah, no, I, as I said, I've used it myself many times, Ian, have, but I, one is always very careful on yeah. it because you don't know who you're yeah. going to meet. That's right, that's right. But the, the alternative, PJ, and you know the, the road that I'm talking about, but just before you come to Ke- the, the new Amber service station there, yes, I know there, is, there, is the, the, there is a provision for a relief road to turn right there, to turn east, and go over to our industrial park and cut across the eastern side of Charville and uh, come on the N20. Uh, you know, down, now, now, that's in the county development plan. It needs to, I, I, I don't mean to be saying I know, but already uh, through Deputy Moynihan, Minister Jack Chambers is going to have an urgent look again at this to see if we can get this up and rolling. Now, unfortunately, it's not going to get up and rolling next week or the week after, but it needs to be our priority definitely at this stage in conjunction with the M20. Yeah, it, it is. Yeah, it is. I didn't realise that statistic. Eight people in 10 years. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. And all of, you know, but I suppose, you know, I suppose our. It's not a quick step solution, but our immediate solution has got to be to make as much as possible our main street pedestrian friendly. And, you know, if we can get measures in place at least to achieve that, then you look, it's not going to solve the current problem, but certainly in the future it might it might solve some problems. Okay. All right, Ian. Leave it there. Thank you. 0818969696 Councillor Ian Doyle representing the Charleville area. If you drive through Charleville on any kind of a regular basis, if you take the bus to Limerick or Galway or any place like that, you'll know what a nightmare Charleville can be. I remember taking a bus. I'd go to a conference, actually. In my old days, I was going to a conference in Galway and I chose to take the bus because I don't like, I didn't anyway like at the time, driving to Galway. And I took the bus and we got stuck because there had been a minor tip in the middle of Charleville. The bus arrived at Charleville, we'll say, 20 to 4. It should have been out of it by 5 to 4. There was a tip 
ahead of us and it was 20 minutes to five when we got out of Charleville to head up the road bus. So it's, it's a nightmare. It's an absolute nightmare. And it's so tragic. Uh, there's been such loss of life and countless accidents. And again, we're thinking of that family who lost a loved one just last Monday. 0818 96 96 96. Coming back to the the injured crow. Try Sunbeam Vets. Animal Magic. Irish Wildlife Matters. They're just a couple of suggestions for Valerie that they're all very good about things like that. And on Andrew's problem with his enormous Vodafone broadband, broadband bill, which even though they've told him he doesn't owe, they're still sending him bills. He said, get in touch with Comreg. They sorted out a phone problem for me regarding a debt that I had nothing to do with. I think that's a suggestion that we did make to uh, Andrew. That's probably his next step is to go and seek the help of the regulator. To meet the Cork's 96 FM Street Fleet. Heading your way soon. Join the Street Fleet this Sunday, May 21st, for the Clayton Hotel Silver Springs Wedding Venue Viewing Afternoon. Enjoy a one-to-one consultation with their wedding executive, Megan, and experience this magnificent venue as it would be on your wedding day. Meet the fleet at the Clayton Hotel Silver Springs this Sunday from 2. Let Clayton put the sparkle into your big day. ClaytonHotelSilverSprings.com With Cork's 96 FM. Join the conversation. Us now. 0818 My son was washing his car and he'd bought a breakfast beforehand, put it inside the car. He then got in to turn the car around, but the crows were watching. And as he opened the door, in they swooped and robbed his breakfast straight away. <laughs> Clever boys they are. Thank you. Uh, when we throw out leftovers from the dinner, the crows swoop down, and by the time we're back in the house, they're licking their chops. <laughs> Love the show. That's from Pat. Thank you. 0818 96 96 96. Let me clear some more stuff from earlier on this morning when I spoke to Emily about being catcalled. Emily had an experience a week or so ago uh, when she was walking down Summerhill South in the middle of the day and two men catcalled her and approached her in a most inappropriate fashion and she said that it happens all of the time. If you missed that interview, we'll be podcasting it later in the day. Uh, but uh, when I was a bit younger and immature, I have to say I would try catcalling. Uh, oh, that was, yeah, I'll read that one again because it was worth it. When I, when I was a bit younger and immature, I would have to say that we tried out catcalling ourselves. We'd see an athletic-looking girl and pass and we'd let rip. Well, one day we did that, did that and the woman opened her raincoat and straight away we saw our mistake. She was in a Garda uniform. She took us down to the station, gave us a lecture, then explained how it can make women feel very unsafe. We learnt our lesson. Magella was on. I'm in my 60s now, she said, but when I was younger, in my teens, there was catcalling all the time. I went to school in the city and once a guy exposed himself to myself and my friend, just opened up his coat and, you know, the rest. Men on buses would expose themselves, especially on the last two seats down the back. Very uncomfortable. And he'd have to move seats. And sometimes I'd just get off the bus and, and walk home. There was a regular bus conductor who used to pretty much leer at me too every time we were on the same bus. I used to 
hated. That's from Magella. Funny you should mention in broad daylight, not nighttime like. That would also be creepy. It's never a good time to catcall a girl or a woman. One of the best things of reaching menopause is that suddenly you become invisible to so many people, especially those men. And finally, a a benefit maybe of getting older. I'd like to add that people must learn to understand that catcalling is not a compliment. It's not flirting either. Uh, Yeah, yeah. I do remember taking a call a few years ago when this came up. We're talking four or five years ago now when this came up. A young woman rang the show very upset. She'd been walking past a building site and she got whistled at from the top of a scaffold and she was upset because she thought those days were gone. And I remember she was in tears and all on the phone. And she said, you've no idea how uncomfortable it made me feel. And then someone else rang up, a woman again, and said, sure, I think it's lovely to be recognised as attractive and appreciated. But it's not. It's not the done thing anymore. You don't do it anymore. It's, it's, it's silly. Silly behaviour. 0818 96 96 96. Now, Alex, you... Let me get this right now. You're just back from the UK after a few years and you're having problems and since you got back from the UK you're homeless would that be it good morning to you yeah good morning Peter what it is uh, I'm back in uh, the last four four weeks and I'm like I find it uh, difficult to get accommodation you know Hmm. you were over in London for how long I was living in London for seven years since I, I got back I went into the council trying to get my payment up and running and the council says I need an address. So, like, how do I get a dress, like, when I'm homeless, you know what I mean? What, what kind of payment are you trying to get? I'm trying to get ordinary payment, like, like, like everybody else, you know? Do you mean, you mean the, you're trying to get social welfare? Yeah, that's right, yeah. I went into the, uh, I asked the Simon community. Yeah. I went off to the Vincennes, and uh, all these people said I need an address. How do I get a dress when I'm, when, when I'm actually homeless? Yeah. And I went into the council. They're supposed to bring me back the last three, four days. They're still never bring me back, you know? Yeah. You're trying to get a dole payment, I take it. No, I'm trying to get a bob, uh, and I'm trying to get accommodation. You know what I mean? Right. Okay. What, what are you doing for money? And uh, there's your friends and family trying to help me out. No, it's small, but they're kind of getting sick of it, like you know. I know, I know. And where are you staying at the moment? I'm staying here and there. No, you know what I mean. Like I'm kind of living rough there sometimes. You know what I mean? I, I yeah. see. I see. And it's because you've no address. How could you have an address when you've been in in the UK? You know, for- how can I have an address? Like they, they want me to play. They said the only way is I get an address if I say. If, uh, if, if I sign my name on the, on the council, but when I go to the council, they look for an, an address, you know what I mean? How do I get the address? Have they suggested to you how, how you might get an address? They're, they're all telling me to go to the Sami community. When I go over there, they're telling me, look, I have to go back to the council and put my name on the council. And when I go back to the council, then they send me the same thing. I have no address, you know what I mean? So I can't win. I do. And and do you have friends and family? Do you have anyone who might offer to you be the fair, use no, of please, it? I have friends and family, but they're kind of getting sick me at the moment, you know? Oh, I know. But could one of them offer you Use that address if it gets you started. No, 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 PJ, PJ, PJ. No, no, no one's going to give me the address. I've asked around, I've asked around a few people and I look at them and they're not willing to give it, like, you know? Really? Not even as a postal address, like? No, nothing, 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 PJ. Okay. So what, what are you going to do, so? I don't really know, you know? Mm. It's kind of, it's kind of tough, like, you know? Yes. You might end up having to head back over. No, but sure, that's what I'm trying to say. I, I had a job over, and I'm not losing my job, so I have, I have no business over in that country anymore. I got sick of it after a while, you know, DJ. 
I do. You know, like 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 my family's back here. You know what I mean? But they're not willing to uh, they're not willing to uh, leave me a uh, user address. That's a pity. Where were you living in the UK? Where, 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 had you flat? I was, a, I was living in London. And had you flat? I had a flat. Yeah. 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 I was walking. I was walking the business side over there. I see. It was, oh. like a, it was like I was staying in a share accommodation, you know? I know. And when you go into the council, say, and you say, look, here's my problem, I, I don't have I, an address. But I've actually been there again this morning, you know what I mean? And what do they like say? Every time I go to the council, they say, you need an address. Yeah. I said, how can I get an address? I said, when I don't have any address, you know what I mean? And what do they say to that? They like, tell me to go to the Simon community, and I went over there, and then they said, look, you can't put me in unless I put my name on the council. And when I go back over to the council, I need an address. I oh, said, now an address? it's falling into place for me, Alex. So the council are saying to you, look, if you want an address, go get an address, say, care of the yeah. Simon. And then you go to the Simon. Simon said to you, well, you need to go and get yourself registered over at the council. But yeah. you can't register at the council because you don't have an address in the first you place. Know what I'm trying to say. Now you have me. Now I'm a small bit thick here, Alex. Now, now it's now it's falling into into place. You know what I'm trying to say? Like, what did I do? You know what I mean? I'm going off to the Vincent and Simon. They say you. I have to be on the council list. Mm. That's my main priority. You know. And when I go over there, then they're saying I need an address. Well, I, I have no address. You know. If you had an address, we wouldn't be having that conversation. And listen, I, I, I need. To, I, I need to have an address to get my medical card, you know, and my passport and my license and all this, and I can't do it, like, because I have no address. Yeah. What do you think is going to happen? I don't know what's going to happen. I was over in the council now that Friday, and I was over, I was in the council yesterday, and I was in again this morning, and I'm still waiting on a phone call for someone in the council, and they still haven't written me, you know? Yeah. I know that people have come back before from not just the UK and other parts of the world and found themselves in a situation like this. Maybe someone has been through it and come out the other side and might be able to, to help us. No, I hope to God you're right, PJ. Because um, to be fair, I could, I, I could do with a bit of help at the moment. And have you, you know? spoken to any public representatives, TDs or councillors? No, maybe no, 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 no. I'd like to, like, like, I don't know much about uh, these people, you know what I mean? But Oh, I know, but maybe yeah, one of them, maybe one of them could assist you. Yeah, maybe one of them could assist you with, with getting you started because you're, you're definitely caught there. PJ, I can't win. Because, listen, you have to be on the council list Unless you get into all these accommodations, you know what I mean? I understand. And if I have no address, where do I go? Let's see if anybody has an answer to that question, Alex. It's so, good, thank you very it's much. good talking to you. Take care. Thank you. Cheers. He's in a bit of a bind, all right. Um, has anyone been in that situation and gotten out of it or know where he might go or who he might talk to? The Simon can't accommodate him without being referred over there by the council. The council can't deal with him. Unless he has an address, but how can he get an address? It's 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 he has, and he says, and we must take him at his word for that. He says that nobody will let him use an address for for that purpose. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Back to the crows uh, in just a sec. But we have tickets for you all this week for the biggest nineties and naughties disco at the INEC in Killarney, Saturday, May twenty seventh. It's a huge show. It's nearly seven hours long and there's DJs and artists like five and all them uh, taking part on the night. Biggestdisco.com for all the tickets. But every day this week I have four tickets. Tickets for you and three of your friends to go along on the twenty seventh of May to the INEC in Killarney for the biggest disco. I have a song 
from the era. Problem is, we're playing it backwards. I want you to tell me who this is. What's the song? What's the artist? And it's a song that you'll hear, I would suspect very strongly you will hear on the night. What is that? Who is that? 83 I'll give it to you once more before we finish up. Christine on the crows, you feed them all the time. I do, PJ, and they won't eat brown bread. You're joking? Yeah, I could put brown bread out all around the garden outside, but they will not eat the brown bread. <laughs> but at the minute I put the white bread out, it's gone. <laughs> yeah, honest to God. And they'd know me in the morning coming, they'd be all up around the trees. Right. And the minute they see me coming, they're all down. But if you put brown bread down... You mean no brown, slice, brown slice pan or something? No, no, soda bread. Like. So soda brown, bread, oh yeah. Yeah, brown soda bread. <laughs> the best they they like, homemade yeah. like. You won't eat it, you'll be there all day. That's a bit of an insult to your cooking. <laughs> <laughs> Honest to God, no, you wouldn't believe it. No, no, and I even like that. Now I tried brown sliced pan with them, and no. No, just white, white bread. And how many of them would come in? Take me about 20 of them down right, sir. Oh, my God. Would they, not pool, they, would they not pool over the garden? They don't. No, they don't. And I have cats outside. And the, the cats, they wouldn't be afraid of the cats. Well, no. If you've seen some of the crows around, they're nearly bigger than the cats. They are, yeah. 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 I, I mean, I've a, a little cat, a little small cat, and she, she'd chase a magpie, but she wouldn't chase the crows. Why? No, no, no. These, these cats now, they sit down looking at the crows. <laughs> eating, eating the bread. Honestly, God, no. I, you wouldn't believe it. You'd have to see it now to believe it. Yeah, yeah I, my husband was laughing because I said to him, look out now. I said, they won't eat that bread. He said, "If they're hungry, they eat it." You see, there is that belief. There they are now. They're, yeah. they're down. They're giving out about the brown bread. <laughs> what? What's that? They say that again. Put a bit of butter on it. Maybe so. Maybe so. Maybe they might eat it. <laughs> I'm. 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 I have loads of loads of cats and animals and Good. like. Oh yeah, they're all wild outside now, but I feed them all. Good. Have you seen and the, have you magpies? I have. See the size of them this year? Yes. Yeah, they're huge. They're like bowling balls. They're huge things. They're huge. They are. They're Mind huge. you, I remember Jim telling me, Jim from Boardwatch Ireland telling me a couple of years ago that they're not actually that big. They're just a big ball of feathers. How go away. Yeah. How many cats have you? Hmm? How many How cats? How many cats? There's about 15 of them outside all wild. All right. And then I have five inside in the house. It's in a wildlife park you're running, is it, Christine? Yes, I think it is, honest to God, my husband was just... Uh, well, he, I had one there now, and she was inside the house, she broke her leg last year. Right. It cost a fortune to get her leg fixed. Oh, I know. Do you oh, know, but God. you know, the care she got inside in the bed was unbelievable. So you have 20, 20 cats in and around yeah. the house in the garden? Yeah, I have five inside, and there's about 15 of most outside. How, how, how can you afford to feed all them? But I do. I buy seven trays of 12 trays of cat food for them every week. You mad? Yeah, what? from Aldi's. From, oh, from Aldi's. Aldi, yeah, that's cheap enough in Aldi, I suppose. Yeah, but they're five, they're five, five something like a tray. <sighs> Christine, you're very dedicated. And they get nuts as well, then. <laughs> but I'm <Honestly>. still... <laughs> 
Yeah, I said, "Why it's no wonder the crows are coming back to your place." Yes, like. and then I have I have a lovely dog. He's between the nurse and a husky. My son's friend was giving him into the animal, so I'm sure I brought him home. Hang on, so you've got mm. about twenty crows coming to you. Mm. Mm. You've got fifteen cats outside and five inside. Yeah, and, and a dog. And a, and a dog. And the dog is inside as well. <laughs> it's like the animal so. It's a, it's a <laughs> So wonder your poor husband gets fed at all. Yeah, honestly, God, I don't believe it. But they're fed before the the neighbours are laughing. They're fed before we have our breakfast in the morning. What time are you getting up? Half three? No, we get up about uh, seven that way, like, and we feed them all. Then we have our own breakfast, they're fed then. That's gas. Well, in the morning when I get up, the the, the cats have to get fed. I feed the cats about about half six, but I have to take the, the bowl in after they've had their nosh, because if I don't, the starlings will come and rob the cat food. Oh, they would. They would. They would. They would. <laughs> they would, honest to God. No, they're... No, I'm, I, I'm, I'm very fond of animals, there. You would want to be. You should I, be charging uh, admission. Uh, that's my husband would say. Put up house full. <laughs> no, oh. I look after them all. I see loads of... And there's a mother cat there. No, she's after having five kittens outside. You're joking me. Yeah, five kittens, and uh, I wouldn't pass for one of them then. I know, you wouldn't. So there, was a man, there was a man in the dump asked me, uh, have, you any, have you any cat to give away? And I said, no. You have 25 cats, woman. Yeah, woman, I have. 25 cats? Yeah, yeah. And they're probably I, they're probably still breeding, like? Yeah, of course, yeah, but I, I, I wouldn't be cruel to them, like. No, you wouldn't. No, no, Christine, lovely talking to you. That's gas. That's brilliant. She has 25 cats, a dog... Um, and 20 crows that visit her, her house on a regular basis. And the problem is that the crows won't eat brown bread. Thanks, Christine. Thank you for your loyalty. We actually bought a radio just to listen to you because we no music. Your heartfelt honesty. I want to thank yourselves without you backing us, putting it on the air and telling the people how important it is. And it wouldn't have gone anywhere. And your absolute comedy. What are you looking forward to for the summer? Get up to a bit of the whale watching up around the north side or something. <laughs> <laughs> whale watching up the north side. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be shot, love. <laughs> I have to praise you. The latest radio ratings are out, and we want to say a massive thank you for listening. 231,000 people listen to Cork's 96FM and C103 every week. Source JNLR Ipsos MRBI 2023-1. I love the praise you. Thank you for listening to Cork's 96 FM. Hashtag Choose Radio. The lines are live. Join the conversation. Call 0818 96 96 96. Extra WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. This is the opinion line with PJ Coogan. Cork's 96 FM. Animals and birds. Always, always, always people respond. Um, we had, we started off with Vic this morning. Attacked on her way to work yesterday morning by a crow that swooped down from overhead here on Wellington Road just 50 yards away from where I'm sitting just now and swooped down on her head and clung onto her head 
and frightened the living life out of her because what she had done was she had walked inadvertently into a line of sight between the crow and its chicks which were there foraging for themselves on the pavement it was Jim Wilson from Boardwatch Ireland was telling us that's all she'd done that's all she'd done um, this morning we got video then of the crow and he's still there again whoosh swooping down on people who get in the way of the chicks he's just protecting his family but of course it leads to all sorts of things there was a Joe rang me <laughs> about Blarney Golf Course where he said that the crows actually rub sandwiches out of the top of people's golf bags you know there where they have the little opening you put your stuff in they rub sandwiches protein bars and bananas and they'll they'll, I'm only saying it because he said it they peel the bananas and eat them to beat that then I'm just off the phone before 11 o'clock with is it Christine now that's the best of the day Christine feeds the crows and she rang to complain because the crows won't eat brown bread but then she went on to tell me about the fact that she has about 20 crows coming to visit her of a day she has 15 cats that live in the garden wild cats she has about 5 cats that live in the house with her and one of the cats that lives in the garden has just had 5 kittens and she can't bring herself to do anything but let them grow up and thrive in the garden she has an old poor misfortunate husky dog in the middle of all of this and her husband is suggesting that she starts to charge admission because it's cost her a fortune to feed the cats oh yeah and people telling us about cats stealing food attacking them John was on about seagulls stealing his ice cream Oh wait, one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. if you have a story to tell me We'll keep the line open on that one. Any story. Can you beat Christine and her little wildlife park in the backyard? Or have you a better story than Joe with the golf course? I mean, I'm still wondering. I I honestly thought he was making it up or winding me up rather to say that a crow flew down, landed on a golf bag, robbed a banana out of the top of the golf bag and then peeled the banana before eating it. I'm I'm not unconvinced I'm not convinced he wasn't winding me up but he swears blind it was true and the poor devil had two protein bars in his golf bag and the crow, the crow makes up the protein bars 0818 96 96 96 on Alex's story uh, talking to Alex before 11 he's back from the UK a month or so now and he can't find accommodation and he can't get help and he's at a bit of a loose end and he's just wondering you know where he goes and what does he do to try to help himself that guy moves back to Ireland no accommodation no job he expects to get the dole and then council housing is he for real? well that's one response Um, he's just looking for a bit of help and he reached out if anybody knows what he might do now other than go back to the UK which he says he doesn't want to do they can let us know at 0818 96 96 96 on the subject of Charleville and the tragic stories not just of this week and last month but of the last 10 years where 8 pedestrians have died in Charleville because of uh, trucks and accidents involving trucks I'm a truck driver I live just outside Charleville 
this day and age is a disgrace, the road layout of the main street. If you're coming into Charleville from the Cork side, all of the parking is on the left. And they're all drive in and reverse out. If they put a parallel parking system in there to make the street wider for trucks passing and pedestrians crossing. The problem is the street is so narrow now that people are crossing between trucks and traffic. And they can't be seen. They're walking in the truck's blind spot so nobody can see them. Yeah, you can see why that would be a massive problem. 0818 96 96 96. PJ, when I was in Australia, well, this is back to animals. I was in Australia. I was on a tour. Oh, I'll come back to that. They're putting that on my screen. I'll come back to that in a little while. That looks like it could be a good one. This is Children's Hospice Week. And it's the only week in the year where the Children's Hospice Movement, Laura Lynn, the Children's Hospice seeks to raise awareness and maybe raise some money too for hospice and palliative care services for children in Ireland. We're all very used to hospice care in terms of the likes of Marymount and that sort of thing. But there's one children's hospice, Laura Lynn, in, in Dublin. And they are the national, as it were, so to speak, children's hospice. And to, to, this is their awareness week. And their their theme is caring for the child, but supporting the family. And you see their various campaign material in, in your media all during the week. But um, I wanted to talk to a family rather than just talk to the hospice people themselves and the Healy Nolan family. I've talked to Casey before about um, little Penelope, her daughter. Um, and Penelope has been receiving the services and dealing with, been involved with Laura Lynn for a couple of years now. Katie, good morning to you. Good morning. Tell me about Penelope. Well, Penelope is six years old and she's a brilliant little girl. She's just the most beautiful, most engaging child that you could ever hope to meet. She's so special and anyone who ever meets her just falls in love with her instantly. She's the brightest joy of our lives, to be perfectly honest with you. And she has a tough little life she has a very rare genetic disorder which is life limiting so Penelope um, has a lot of very high high care needs and what kind of things does she need all the time for example well Penelope she can't sit she's non-verbal she's not able to eat um, so she's peg fed so everything goes through a little tube in her stomach and she has other issues where she was finding toileting difficult so she has a super pubic catheter um, in her stomach to help her go to the toilet things like that so mm. she has a, a lot of um, a lot of holes in her and a lot of, of needs yeah she's a brave little thing very brave she is yeah. yeah she is how did you come to be referred to Laura Lynn well I suppose it was it was something that I suppose I fought against a little bit because when you hear the word hospice you yeah. kind of think oh god no that's not for us we're not there I hope we're not there but it was kind of gently um, mentioned to me by um, a neurologist in Temple Street that you know that they would be fantastic to link in with and our clinical nurse specialist here in Cork also 
kind of thought that Penelope would, would be a good candidate for um, symptom assessment in, in Laura Lynn. And it kind of all started from there. And mm. we had our first visit in 2021. Is there a kind of a sense as a parent when you bring your child into a hospice, this is it? That, that tends to be the first feeling. It's kind of um, when you hear palliative care and hospice you think this is the beginning of the end and really for a child like Penelope and this is something that I myself didn't fully understand either was that palliative care and hospice care is helping the child or the person who needs it live their very best life Mm -hmm. and that's all we want for Penelope it's making sure that she's happy and comfortable and that we as her family are getting support so when I say earlier that I was kind of like fighting against it slightly it's just I was scared because there's such a stigma around um, hospice and palliative Um, we think that this is a terrible terrible thing and what my eyes have been opened since since kind of joining the Laurelin family is that it's it's not it's giving such happiness back to Penelope and to all the children that attend there and mm. to the families in an adult when dad or mom or husband or wife or brother or sister go to palliative care you almost feel well we failed but you haven't. You're actually doing the best for them. You have to get over that kind of initial feeling, don't you? Yeah, and I suppose like you're being, you're not failing. And anyone that's going kind of through this process at the minute, you are empowering yourself to look after your loved one in the best possible way. Mm-hmm. Um, you get tips and tricks that are invaluable and that you would not know that can help you to care for your loved one to the absolute best, give them the best quality of life. And it's something that, you know, you really, it's jarring to hear, but the stigma has to be taken away. And that's why I think it's so fantastic that like on Children's Hospice Week, that stories are able to come out and you can see the positives and understand that it's not doom and gloom. And that's exactly where I wanted to go next, Casey. Laura Lynn have brought many things, not just to Penelope's life, but to all of your lives. Yeah, um, Penelope has three little brothers and thanks to Laura Lynn, they have coffee mornings and lovely family events that we've been able to attend with the three boys and Penelope where they get to, where they get to have a great time they recently um, they got to meet Peter O'Mahony and we've got some amazing photographs of the lads playing rugby and having just a, a fantastic time I mean David and I my husband often say that like we have experienced things through Penelope that we never would have experienced if it wasn't for her we had one of the best mornings there messing around with the rugby lads it was great yeah there are home services as well as services in in the hospice centre itself. Yeah, this is kind of like a, a recent enough thing that's being rolled out um, here in Munster and I, I believe other places too. But um, there's home care packages um, so that, you know, Penelope can have care at home at times um, over a couple of weeks and it's just so helpful. And as well as that... Um, They've had a music therapist come out to the house and it's just been beautiful. I mean, I was sitting watching Penelope just engage with the music and I was moved to tears. I was like apologising all the time because I was just bawling in the corner at just how 
gorgeous it was. Penelope was completely immersed in the music mm. and it was just really, really special. Like, really special. Isn't this an extraordinary thing to see, Katie, the effect of music on a child like Penelope? Yeah, like Penelope can't use her hands meaningfully, but she was there reaching for the music therapist's guitar and uh, just it was really beautiful. And again, it was an experience where Penelope's brothers were included. The boys were given little drums to bang and to enjoy. And it's just um, the family's really at the forefront of, yeah. of every experience. Like even though it is it is centered around Penelope, there's always inclusion for the lads too, which is so special. And for yourself and, and, and David, you're you're dealing with this, like you said, life-limiting condition for your gorgeous little girl. It must get difficult for mom and dad too, and Laura Lynn are there then as well. Yeah, like it is extremely difficult. Like we're dealing with um, a lot of unknowns. Penelope's condition is very rare and we really don't have any... Um, information about it we don't have much support system around us in in terms of like other families that are going through the same thing so it's 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 very difficult and you know with Laura Lynn I've had chats with nurses I've had chats with um doctors that have really helped me kind of come to terms with it um I'm obviously Penelope's primary caregiver and you know I have some very difficult jobs to do for Penelope that yeah. sometimes make me feel more of a of a medic than a mother at times but yeah. you know it, they always support me and remind me that you know I am able to do this and that I've got it. Yeah we, we talked before you and me about this and and you said there are times it just gets completely overwhelming is there then somebody that you can pick the phone up and talk to? always there's always uh Laurelyn at the end of the phone if, if I need any help or any support they, they're always there to offer support because like I say when you have a child with a very rare illness family and friends don't know what to do or what to say and it's not that they're not supporting you it's that they feel that they can't they don't know what to say so yeah. sometimes you do need someone with that expertise just to, to speak to and yeah. to kind of guide you through things ever so slightly because there is that thing that you, you kind of don't know what to say and the human tendency is because you don't know what to say is you don't say anything I just think for anyone out there listening who maybe has a friend or a family member who does have a child that's going through something difficult, I mean, it's always nice for someone to ask you how your child is, um, just to have a general conversation and to offer support in a moral kind of way where there's areas that nobody can help. It, it is only medical help. Offering someone a, a little bit of a bit of crack on the other end of the mm. phone, kind of saying, how's the kid? And then here's here's a bit of light reprieve. Let's talk about anything. You need that in your life. And it's, it's really helpful. But um at times when you feel that there is no one to turn to, there's always services like Laura Lynn. Um, and I, I would, uh, as also mentioned, Jack and Jill, they're just a fantastic charity. And it's it's kind of sad that charities are who we turn to in this country when our children are in need. Yeah. Our government really, really fails our children. As you and I have discussed before, she's a bit under the weather this week. Hopefully that'll pass. Hopefully, yeah, she's not feeling too good. So we're just uh, lots of TLC and taking it day by day. But she's she's fine. She's good. she's a great little girl, and we just we absolutely adore Penelope, and we're 
often so grateful to be given chances to speak like this because we want to get the message out there about all these fantastic charities that help families like ours because they are just I don't have the words to tell you how important they have been and we're really only using their service since the end of 2021 Um, they've been fantastic Well you do actually have the words Katie and you've used them brilliantly thank you for talking to me Thank you And my best to David and the rest of the family but especially to uh, to little Penelope. That's uh, Katie Healy Nolan. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. We're having a lot of fun this morning with your animal stories. Anna, I don't mind telling you your story. Can't, I, I'm going to struggle to even read it, Anna. Next. Friday 26th is Jersey Day. Whatever sport you support, grab that jersey and stick it on for Radiothon. The Giving for Living Radiothon. Supporting Cork Cancer Services. May 25th to 27th. You made me feel... Get together with family, friends, colleagues or classmates and wear your favourite jersey to raise funds for Cork Cancer Services. See 96fm.ie for more. 96fm.ie for more. The Giving for Living Radiothon. Supporting Cork Cancer Services. May 25th. 25th to 27th. You make, you make me feel. Oh, it's 96 FM. This all started with the crazy crow of Cork's north side, who, who attacked our Vic on her way to work yesterday morning. She was just outside the radio station here. She saw some little chicks on the pavement, and as she walked past them, Mammy or Daddy, we're not too sure which, she didn't look to check, landed on her head in her hair and she had to push off her head. She was quite terrified to be quite honest. This morning then we got a video from KC of the same crow swooping down again on top of passers-by. Turns out, according to Jim Wilson from Boardwatch Ireland, those are his or her chicks on the pavement and they are watching from above and if you pass into the line of sight they can't see. That's what Vic did. And the bird swooped down to effectively tell Vic, get the hell out of the way so I can watch me children. That's where it started. We've all sorts of stories since. Um, like the, the crows on the golf course stealing sandwiches and peeling the bananas for themselves. Joe insists that actually happened. And we're getting voice notes too. Like this one, which has just come in from Kevin. We we used to have a fox that used to come into our back garden and if you were in the house at night you could see him coming in underneath the fence and he'd sniff around because we had chickens locked in a pen but he'd be sniffing around for the chickens and he'd go back out under the fence into the field and in two minutes later he'd come back in but they'd have like three or four cubs following behind him and you'd see him, you'd watch him doing a whole lap of the yard trying to get in by the chicken's pen but a single little tap on the window and they'd hear it a mile away and they were gone. Uh, I remember there was one day, I think he came out, there, we had the chickens just roaming around the front of the garden and just pecking away and a fox came in in the middle of the day and I heard all the chickens going nuts out the front and uh, I tore out the front to see what was going on and as sure as God there was a, a fox there and he was attacking the chickens and he caught a chicken by the wing and he was dragging it off. And sort of a first instinct, I caught the shovel and I poof, and I smacked him straight over the head. Now I felt horrible, and still to this day I feel horrible. Uh, the fox went running off the place. I have no idea what happened to him. The chicken died. I think I found a pin back in the field somewhere. I eventually went back and just threw the dead chicken into him. Like, but 
That is awful. Like, I felt very bad for that. Thanks, Kevin. Yeah, you would be worried about my cats at night. My my cats do not like being closed in at night, particularly this time of the year. But we live across the road from a golf course. And it sounds better than it is. But there are foxes, and the foxes come over onto the green. And I worry about one of my little cats because she's inclined to go out the front. Now, there's no cat, no dog will ever catch a cat on that cat's territory. But foxes are lethal, so I worry about the cats at this time of the year. Anna, I'm going to hold off on that story because I'm almost afraid to read it. I, I, I like the very thoughts of it. Like, ah, stop. They're not helping me here in the production department. Like the executive research desk is not helping me with the with the sounds of snakes. I'll tell the snake story from Anna in a while. But let's go to Vincent Cashman, our good friend down at the Cork Society for Prevention of Cruelty to Animals. Because earlier, when all this started with Vic's story about the crow, Owen English from the Examiner sent me in a story he wrote in 2017 about attacks, or what seemed to be attacks, outside CIT, where people actually had to get medical treatment after crows or jackdaws or something swooped down and attacked them. Vincent Cashman. Vincent, you, remem- morning, you remember that? We do. What happened? We we were getting several calls. Um, again, no, it was the same thing. A chick, um, it had more or less, it hadn't just fledged. Um, it was fully feathered, but it was what we call branching. So it leaves the nest and it's kind of just checking out its surroundings and had fallen from the nest. And the parents would still come down and feed it on the ground. Mm. And the problem was, uh, I think it was this time of the year, you had students going in doing exams and everything else. So there was a lot of people milling around. And the parents thought that the chick was in danger. So they were dive-bombing people just to move them out of the way. And unfortunately, they will clip somebody in the head. So they kind of give you a warning. And if you don't heed it, their warnings get a little bit more severe. Yeah. Yeah. So you will get clipped on the head or grabbed or something like that, you know? It's a line of sight thing. If they lose sight of the chick for more than a split second, they're down on top of you. Yes. Yeah. Like they'll constantly, especially if it's on the ground. If it's up high, they know that the chick is relatively safe. But if it's in on the ground where it's mixing with humans, then it may not mm. it may not be safe. So they will do whatever they can to protect yeah. us. Owen wrote in the, his article at the time, people actually had to get some medical treatment because... The, I think there was, yeah. I think there was. Oh. We, we we took him away anyway. Um, I think we'd other jackdaws at the time. It's mm. easier to rear them when they, and they're less, I suppose, imprinted onto humans if you can rear them with some of their own. And That's right. we, we released them. There's the thing, afterwards. jackdaws and crows, are they the same thing, Vincent? Same family. Same. So we'd say the crow family in Ireland would be jackdaw, rook, raven, magpie, chuff, Hmm. Um, the jay is actually a crow species as well yeah. they're all under the one family but they just have different variations yeah, the fellow across the rope here is a big hooded crow now I think they're I think they're beautiful the creatures well, yeah. they're gorgeous creatures but they're terrifying when they come down your head yeah they're they're quite big and some of, some of the grey crows are actually quite large birds there's some very very big grey crows out there um, but again it, it, if, they, if they do strike you um, it's normally just defending Defending yeah. their young. You might need a tetanus, I'd say, after it if you did if they broke the You probably would. You probably would if they, if they cut you. You probably would need a tetanus. Yeah. What about people feeding foxes? I see so much of it, particularly on social media at this time of the year when the foxes are having cubs, 
and they come out to get forage food for the cubs. Okay. Uh, I'm not in favour of it. No? I, I wouldn't recommend anybody. You see, at this time of year, you have cubs coming out, and especially over the next month, they're teaching their cubs to hunt. Yes. So they will go out now, like one of your previous callers there, they'll go out, they'll catch a chicken. Yeah. Joe from the golf the course actually earlier on said he spotted one. They were out for an early round recently, and there was a fox heading back. It looked towards the den with, it, with a mouse in its jaws. Yeah. So I mean, it, it, they'll be teaching their young. So if they, if they're, if the young learn from the parents, that they go down to um, Mr. and Mrs. Murphy down the road, and if I just hang around the patio for a bit, I'll get food. That idea of getting food is instilled in the cubs. See. So instead of, I ideally with all of these things here, you should be keeping them as as wild as you can. Yeah. And that's how they survive. So they, they will eat around, if you put it out for them, but they're not your of course pet. They will. You're just a source yeah. of food. I mean, they, they they will do whatever is easiest for themselves. So any wild creature will eat whichever is the easiest food. So if they can go down the road mm. and there's food and water put out in a bowl for them, they're going to do that rather than go out yeah. in the field and hang around the ditch waiting for a rabbit to appear. We just said for a so it's Yeah, before I brought you on there, my, my own two cats... One of them in particular, she likes to go out foraging and there's a green across the road and she might catch a little vole or a mouse during the night. But at the moment, the foxes are out in the early morning. I'm nervous for her, should I be? Sometimes, it all depends. To take on a cat would be a serious job for a fox. Mm. Mm. Particularly in the cat's own territory, yeah. Yes. So, I mean, if the fox comes over, he might do a bit of a sniff, he might chance his arm, but a fox will strike back, or a cat will strike back. Yes. So, um, and generally, the older the cat, the better. If they were a young kitten now, maybe they might take them. Oh, yeah. But um, an, old, an older cat that knows the one is This old one is nearly 10, and she's a small cat, but she has a left hook, like Marvin Hagler, and the yeah, claws across, the, across, the, them, across yeah. the nose, straight across the nose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they'll educate, and then the fox learns from that as well. I got you. It's the same with feeding. Like everyone over the winter feeds small birds and stuff like that. I'd be I'd be reluctant then to feed birds over spring because would what you? you're doing is you're, I would because you're teaching a dependence on humans. I see. I see. So if the parents are going back and if the parents are out um, feeding or foraging themselves, but if they're again going down to the Murphy's garden because they're very good at feeding wildlife. Like, so if, Mur- if they go down to Murphy's Garden and they say, right, we- there's food out in this bird table 12 months of the year, they never technically learn how to be wild. You know what? You're explaining something to me here because we had a huge problem last year out on our deck out the back with, I had to wash it down three or four nights a week because of poo. And what so we were leaving the cat food out. And the cat food was getting robbed by the, by the starlings and the crows mm. and the magpies. And, of course, they were, they were doing their business down on top of the flipping deck There's as well. Course, yeah. 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 Wow. Wow. It's over, over the winter is fine um, if there's no bird flu about. And over the winter, if, when the weather gets a little bit colder. But normally nature has its cycles. So you'll get a, you'll get a bust of sparrows one year. Mm. Or, or small finches and they'll, they'll have a great breeding season 
And then um, sparrowhawks will say kestrels will rear a lot more young because there's a lot more sparrows to feed on. Mm. And then you might get a harsh winter, sparrow numbers will drop, sparrowhawk numbers will drop, and it's just a circle. Yeah, It's funny that you so should you say that now as well, because I'm, even though they are around, there aren't as many starlings this year, I don't think. The starling numbers can go up and down, yep, yep. yeah. Yeah, because we were plagued with them the last few well. years. And they migrate as well. Uh, some of the starlings migrate. Yeah. So they, you'll have them there for the breeding season, and then, but you get a, a, um, a huge influx of them then for the, for the winter. Yeah. You get birds moving around for the winter. Your, your, advice, your advice, though, is don't feed the foxes because you're actually teaching the, the cubs to be dependent. I think so. Now, again, that's only my opinion on a PJ, but... Like a lot of these guys, then if you're get, if you're encouraging more of them, and there's quite a few urban foxes around, mm. um, they get streetwise themselves, so they'll know they're living under people's sheds. Some people don't even realise it, um, but it's a fright where we actually get calls. We got a call there from a school not too long ago, and there was foxes seen in around the schoolyard. Yeah, and parents were getting worried, and I told the teachers, I said the best thing to do is get the students to do a project on foxes. And they said, it's not, the, it's not the kids. I said, the kids will go home. They will discuss this with their parents. And the parents will get a better understanding of what's going on. So the foxes themselves will, generally speaking, stay away. They don't want interaction with humans. Right. They prefer to live their they're, own life. They're not spend. dangerous, no? Technically speaking, no, they're not. Yeah. So, I mean, if... if but as, um, as I said to Emer, if if people there now will say, some people are very happy they feed the fox in the garden and they can see the fox. Other people then are starting to get braver. And what they'll do is they'll come along and they'll push, they'll try and feed the fox from their hand. Yeah, and then that's then. when the fox, yeah, because the fox is only, the fox is trying to get the food. He's mm. still a little bit nervous, mm. so he'll snatch. And that's yeah. when somebody gets accidentally yeah, bitten he, then, you he's, know. So he's not, he's not your dog that takes a tidbit, like, he's not your dog. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah, They're right. not pets. All right. Vincent, thank you. As always, Vincent Cashman, Cork Society for Prevention of Cruelty to Animals. Dawn, are you listening to Vincent? You do feed foxes, badgers and cats all the time. I, How you doing? I do. And listening to that last gentleman, he is, he is right. People try to tame foxes because they're cute. Mm. They try to tame them, get them too close. They let them in the house. Um, in the house? Yeah. I know people in the UK who let foxes come into the house. Now, that is putting the fox a very high risk because that fox is going to go to the next neighbour and if the door's open, he's going to think, oh, they're welcoming me in, you know. And then people freak out because the fox has come in the house. If you get my drift, I've gone off on a run there. No, no, you're right. You're right, <laughs> um, of course. I, I've fed them for 12 years. Um, I live out in the countryside. I don't want to say where okay. because obviously... It concerns me that the hunt still comes around my area. Um, and But I've fed them for 12 years. I've got feral cats. I have badgers coming occasionally. Last year they came from February onwards right. and they were there every night. Now, I don't put my... Uh, trail camera out every night now because of the cost of electricity. Yeah. I've had to... Um, sort to of reduce it, so I haven't seen the badgers yet. Right, I'm sure. I'm sure they're about. Yeah. Um, but the cats and the foxes and the badgers. I have videos of my trail camera, full of videos, Fabulous. which is stunning. Fabulous. And 
they're all feeding all together on the garden. And, PJ, you said you were worried about your cat. Mm. The cats, I have evidence, video evidence, the cats are the boss on the garden. Mm. The cats will attack the fox and the fox runs. <laughs> I wouldn't have thought that one. Honest to God, I have a local butcher who, who saves meat scraps for me. Mm. Um, and so they get a good variation. They get raw meat, they get raw eggs, you know, in the shell. Um, peanuts, I don't put too much food out. Right. But bear in mind, the other night, two nights ago, there were eight foxes on the garden, a couple of vixens that had cubs. Wow. That, and it was visible that they were they were feeding cubs, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's no way I put too much food out and don't encourage them to want for themselves. Right. Um, I've always been conscious of that, you know. I have got the occasion, over the years, I have had the occasional fox that has sort of become a little bit used to me. It will stay on the garden when I go out. Um, and me, I talk to everything. My dad used to call me Mrs. Doolittle. I listen. It's I talk to the foxes and it sits there and listens to me <laughs> and thinks, probably thinks, what is this silly old bat doing? <laughs> <laughs> it's lovely, though. It's lovely. And it's like, thank you so much. For your call, uh, Dawn, who feeds the foxes, the badgers, the wild cats. <laughs> Brilliant. 0818 96 96 96. All right, all right. PJ, when I was in Australia, I was on a tour on one of the islands and I, I went for a wee in an outdoor hut. And as soon as I sat down and started doing my business, I heard a massive hiss. I looked up and there was a huge, non-venomous python weaved across the top of the toilet. About six foot long and a foot wide and he was only huge. I don't mind telling you, PJ Shishi, I ran out of the toilet with my pants down around my ankles. There was a gang of Chinese students outside. Got a right laugh. I'll never forget it. Says Anna. I noticed, Anna, you said non-venomous. I wouldn't care. I really wouldn't care. Non-venomous? No, sorry. In the same to- in the same country is too close to me. I was nearly attacked. Argue with this. I was nearly attacked by a crocodile years ago, kayaking in Africa. Scared the life out of me. I was happy out in an early morning kayak run, and I spotted him on the bank, and he spotted me. And he eyeballed me and slid into the water. You never saw a corkman move a kayak so fast in all your life. I got away, but I'll never forget it, says David. Sally says, I'm still laughing at the picture of the birds out the golf course robbing the sandwiches. You ain't heard nothing yet, Sal. Join the conversation. Call us now. 0818-969696. This is the Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Cork's 96 FM. Right, last chance to get in on this one. Artist and title, please. What song are we playing backwards? Tickets for the 90s Naughties Disco at the INEC in Killarney Saturday, May 27th for you. We were chatting earlier to Joe about the birds on Blarney Golf Course that he has seen stealing sandwiches 
out of golf bags, sandwiches, protein bars, bananas, you name it, they'll take it. And Alan got in touch by voice note. Hi guys, Alan here. Yeah, I remember in Blarney there for a long time. And yeah, uh, just to back up what that man said earlier, they do uh, swoop down and take stuff out of the bag. Um, they open the zips in the bag. They fly up into the trees with like bananas and chocolate bars and stuff. And as a as a way of saying ha ha or uh, up yours, they open the bar and then spit the wrap out at you. And I've seen them do that with the bananas too. They also have um, a fondness for golf balls on the greens. So they go over and they get the, the golf balls off the green. They fly off them or move them. Um, I don't know, do they think they're eggs or something like that? But um, this kind of goes on in spells. So I don't know, is it one crow in particular or a couple of them? But um, I don't know if they're doing it for a laugh or is it the egg situation? But they swoop down, take them. But um, the best part of all is to see the golfer running with his pitching wedge down towards the green, thinking that he's going to be able to catch the crow. Never <laughs> happened. So, uh, yeah, but yeah, that's our crows in Blarney. Uh, they're part of the family now at this stage. Uh, come back <laughs> with me lunch. Come back with me lunch. Thanks, Alan. The Blarney crows, the robbing crow. Yeah, and then, of course, Paul tells me, PJ, robbed means taking with force. Steal is the correct term. I don't think birds are using force to take the food. Mm. Join the show as always, says Paul. You've half of Cork skitting at these animal stories. They're funny, aren't they? They're gas. I mean, the birds robbing food on Blarney Golf Course is the funniest thing I've heard in a while. Thanks for that, Debbie. 0818 96 96 96. I don't suppose, Joe, you've ever had birds coming in looking for the beacon feathers to be trimmed, have you? Good morning. Hi. Oh, good morning, PJ, my friend. No, I haven't, but I was on the phone one time, the house phone, and a bee went off my trousers. A bee? A bee, yeah. Bumblebee. Oh. I was getting a sensation you know where. Yes. And I was wondering what's happened next thing. Jeez, I could feel this thing. Oh, God. Was about pricking at me all along above, and next thing it was a bee. You should have heard me on the phone and trying to get it down. Yeah, the shorts on you. No, I had trousers. That's oh, Lord. How it went up the leg of my trousers. I'm sure there were bell bottoms at the time or something. Seventies. We had a field day anyway. Oh Lord, <laughs> Lord! Oh, the thought, the thoughts of it. Everyone's got their animal I story. I enjoyed it, I'm sure. Joseph, oh yeah, well, yeah, I'm sure. Joe, <laughs> family show. <laughs> <laughs> Come here, you have a you have a nice event happening for us for Radiothon. Tell me about we it. We have PJ, yeah, and I'm doing it Nick, on Friday coming because I have a wedding the following week and I can't do, you know, these two two day weddings now, which would do should do a whole show on sometime at Torch on the Friday wedding. But that's beside the point. We're having an eighties day, um, PJ. We're going to um all the girls and myself are going to dress up in the eighties, right. play eighties music and hopefully a donation for people to pass, drop in, drop in something into the box and customers and everything like that. So it's going to be fun day um, for yourselves, for the cancer field. And I think it'll be a um, bit of crack, you know, light after for something at the same time, so serious. Definitely. So this Friday and coming. This Friday coming, back to the 80s. I'm not telling anyone what we're dressing up as because I want to be surprised that people could come in. You're boy George. Surely you'll do boy George. There might be two ninety nines in it. <laughs> Remember Madonna? I do. Oh, oh God! Oh yes, the yeah. cones. The cone. on the... Yeah. Uh, um, oh, I think you know Freddie Mercury. One, two, three. Yes. Or um, 
Come on, 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 this could yeah. be fun. This could be fun. This jo- could be fun, yeah. <laughs> Joseph's here, Salon, flashing this Friday, doing an 80s day for us, for the Corks 96 FM, Giving for Living Radio, which starts a week tomorrow, but they're doing it this Friday out at Joseph's Hair Salon in Glasheen. Have fun with that and let us hope that you raise tons and tons of cash. 0818-969696. Right, uh, one must get a winner for our competition. Vanessa. Hello. How are you doing? What do you Hi. think it is? Um, Mark McCabe, Maniac. Maniac 2000, do you think yeah. so? It sounds different backwards, doesn't it? Let's have a listen. Yeah. Five, four, three, two, there you go. Yeah. All right, so you are yeah. off with uh, whoever you choose to take with you. We have four tickets for you to go to the 90s Naughties Disco at the INEC in Killarney on Saturday, May the 27th. Enjoy. Brilliant. Thank you so much. Stay there. We'll get some more details off you as to where you are and all that. Another one tomorrow and another one on Friday. Four tickets to the 90s Naughties Disco brought to you by Cork's 96 at the INEC in Killarney Saturday, May the 27th. We've had the crack. We have had the crack this morning, to be fair. Uh, You've had tweets and texts and calls and voice messages. You made it this morning. Started with Vic and her her crow on the way to work and we went to golf courses and back gardens and trees and ditches and fields. It's been great. There's only one way to finish out, really. It's been like an episode of All Creatures, Great and Small, so it has today. Thank you. Program edited by Emer O'Hay, produced and researched by Fergal Barry. And uh, we'll see you tomorrow, just after nine. Join the conversation. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. This is the Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Cox 96FM. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.